and uh, her child was not okay. Like it was not a good situation. You know, with us, there was always hope. And uh, the baby was next to Isabella in the same unit, like right near her. And so it was not looking good and she was crying to us. And then at some point the doctor just came out and said, can I talk to you? And it was like 10 feet from us. You know, some of them don't take you in another room. They don't, it depends who the doctor is. It's not always the case where they take you to a private area. And he told her and she was just, she fell to the ground. And I mean, I've seen that. I've seen someone hear that their baby's dead. And then they wouldn't let us in the room for like hours. And I'll never forget, I walked in and next to Isabella was this empty space. I'll never forget this. And there were like some plastic things on the floor. And I was thinking, oh my God, there was a human there. It was the weirdest thing. It was like, it was just empty and quiet and like, there's this human here and now the human's gone. Okay, everybody, welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank Podcast, episode 375. That's a big number. You know why that's an important number? It's 375 was the number of, think of it, riff, be a comedian for once. 375 was a comedian. Was I got nothing. Fuck. I thought I, if I made the joke about riffing, I could. All right, you guys, welcome to the episode. So, Jessica Kirsten is on today. Jessica Kirsten is one of the hardest comics to follow in the city of New York. If you find out you're on the lineup after her, there's like a few people that you're like, fuck. Like, I just don't want to follow them. Wait, how do I do this? And then sit here. Yeah. Uh, wait, nope. Yep. Um, Greer Barnes is always tough. Although I don't know if I've ever followed Greer, but he's like the, the guy people go like... I remember we were talking about... Um, Minority comics or like, um, you know, people complaining about not getting up. Not always minority or, or female, but like just people complaining about not getting up. Actually, white people too. And they were like, oh, I can't, how come I can't get up with the so-and-so? And it boils down to, we're all talked about this, Michelle, me, and, and uh, who else was there? Maybe Soder? I don't know. We were like, can you follow Greer? Can you follow Greer at the cellar or not? And that was like our line. If you can follow Greer, that's a tough follow, then sure, you should have to complain. If you can't, then shut the fuck up. You know, you got you got nothing to say here. So, Jessica is one of those followers. There's times, dude, I remember, I remember, uh, so comics are filled with self-doubt. That's just like, uh, that's just, that's just how we are. We, we don't, we think we're frauds. I heard Rogan talking about this recently on his podcast, but I've said this a lot where it, I might have said this in this podcast, actually. Uh, I'll say it because I might have said it in this podcast about club owners seeing us what we are because they we think they have more insight. And comics are just guessing. 
We, we weren't trained in this. We're not like we're surgeons. We're just guessing. And we've just learned how to guess right over and over again. But there's no, we can't say I'm better than another comic other than like I do better than them normally, but it's all opinion based. It's not like basketball players or baseball. Baseball players are like, if I'm hitting 300s, he's hitting 280, I'm, I'm better than him. You know, if we have the same amount of power. But in comedy, it's just a fucking guess. So um, we're always filled with self-doubt. I remember the one time when I really started to feel like I belonged was I was following Dalia. Chris D'Elia is a tough follow. The toughest two follows, by the way, in stand-up. Legitimately, not tough follows. I'm going to say they're impossible follows. Are Brad Williams and Bridget Everett. If you're ever, like, scheduling a show with one of them on there, I'm telling you from experience, you need to put them last. It's not fair to other people if you don't put them last. They must be last. Um, they're impossible followers. Other people are difficult followers. And Chris D'Elia, Rick Ingram is a difficult follower. When I follow Rick Ingram, I gotta like... Fucking... It, they said six weeks starting in July. It is now December 5th and they're still going. Can you hear that? They're just operating in this building. Whatever. Chris D'Elia is a difficult follower. With Rick Ingram, I got to like think what I'm going to do. And I, I usually have to go like, let me do crowd work for like a two two minutes and then ease them from his his way of doing stand-up into my way. Um, uh, you just have to like think about it sometimes. It's not always just like, what are you going to do? Some commenters are like, I don't give a shit who's on before me. I'm just doing my, my, my thing, which is fine, but that's not the way I think. I saw Steve Simone one time follow Louis C.K. four years ago. I mean, this is in his prime, Louis, popping into the comedy store, which when Louis popped into the comedy store, that's, that's an audience's Super Bowl. That's them going like, this is what we came for. This, for this possibility, this is why we showed up. We, I mean, we're here for the other people on the lineup, but if we got a Louis pop in, we did it as an audience. Everyone looks around like, we did it. We did it. High to the mountain, you know? And Louis did that. Um, and I used... What Simone did here to follow Chappelle, which is also a Super Bowl moment for them. Steve Simone goes on, and after Louis, he finished. I don't remember the intro. A lot of times those pop-in guys, they don't know at the comedy store there's no MC. At the cellar, there is an MC. And then they finish, and they just kind of get off. And then the piano player, Jeff, has to be like, oh, no, uh, we still got more. Please welcome so-and-so. And then it's a fucking awkward follow. And that's hard to follow. But sometimes these comics know. I believe Louis probably knew. He's probably been at the store enough times. And he goes, who's next? Probably. Um, um, and he followed him in this way, the Steve Simone way of, of making everything positive. And he got in with the crowd. He got in the mindset of the crowd. And he goes, how, pretty much like, how great was that? We just saw Louis C.K. Because honestly, he's a fan too. Comedians are fans of comedy for the most part. So we're in the back enjoying it too. And Steve was on next. He knew he was on next, but he was like, we're also enjoying this thing, you know? So like, so like, uh, he goes on and puts his place, his name, say his mental energy in the place of the audience. Like I'm almost saying I'm one of you. And how fucking great was that? Louis C.K. popped in. And the, cause they're going to be talking about what they just saw. They're not going to be concentrating, you know, it's just not going to happen. So, um, how do you fucking drink out of one of these travel things? 
There it is. There it is. Got this from a fan. Check this out. That on one side, which is great because I don't have kids. I have two. They were taken care of. They were taken care of. You can say whatever you want about Trump, but our right to do that shit is still there, and I have availed myself of that right. You always talk about, like, well, our forefathers won the right to vote, so you should vote. All right, well, our forefathers won the right to abort fetuses, and guess who took care of it? Number one dad on two occasions. One time I paid for it, one time it happened without my consent or knowledge. I don't know if it's a consent, because I obviously would have done that. But um, the other time they just told me later, 400 and something dollars. By the way, price hasn't really gone up for abortions in like decades. So um, what was I going to say? Oh, so Steve fucking got in the crowd's mind. He was like, oh my God, that was so fucking awesome. We're great. Then slowly turned it. This is what they never talk about in blogs about comedy. They go, he did a joke about this. Let's drop the punchline and just make it a statement. The fucking technique. So he fucking got himself in the place of the audience saying, how awesome was it? We're out on a fucking Tuesday. We got Louis C.K. That was so fucking cool. And when you didn't know it was happening. And then they, and you know, it goes into like, when they announce his name, you're like, is it a joke? I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth. I don't think he said these things. But this is the tone overall. And he goes, now we're out. How great is it when you're out and something like that happens? And this is over like two minutes, you know? Because after a drop-in like that or a massive celebrity, no one's paying attention. If you're a good MC and somebody kills, it's your job to fucking buy time. You have to fucking reset the room. You can't just like have some crazy thing go up and then go, please welcome the next guy. You're like, dude, fucking give me a chance. They're all talking. They're all talking to each other. And at the comedy store, when you bring up the next comic, it's your job to MC for yourself. So you have to reset the room. And they don't always do it. So Simone then has to act like the MC for his own set. So he has to fucking go into it. Instead of talking when they're not paying attention... It's getting brighter and less bright, right? And what are you going to do? Um, instead, he does his crowd work and talks about how great it was. So now that instead of talking, they're listening because he's saying what they're thinking about. What they want to talk to each other about, he's saying. So I'll listen to you. I'll listen to you, comic, because you're saying what I want. And then he moves it. He molds it seamlessly. into a, It's one of the best fucking follows I've ever seen in my life. Seamless. Because that's a fucking fail situation. Um seamlessly into a bit about how you go out. It's so fun to go out, you know, and then how people don't, people don't go out anymore. And he just melds it into that. And they've, he's already got them on their side because of that shit. And before they even know it, he's now doing a bit and they're involved. They're in. He's got them locked in. And he got a standing ovation of how that said. I'm remembering that now. He got a standing ovation uh, as a nobody following Louis C.K. on a weekday at the comedy store. And Louis crushed. It wasn't like he fucked off and didn't do anything. He crushed. And Steve Simone followed him. I got a standing ovation. And I watched it. There are fucking things you learn. In whatever art form you do, there's moments where you see something. And you're like, technically, you're like, God damn it. That's good. And so, years later, you can ask Rogan about this because he was there. Years later, not for the Simone one. He was there for what I'm talking about now. You want to see the cutest thing in the world? Let me just show you this real quick. It's the, okay. I'm not going to do this much, but how do I do this? 
Dude, come on. He just pooped. <laughs> oh God, I want a fucking scamp. Bandit. All right. So years later, um, Fallon Chappelle. That's my fucking, I gotta fucking close that so we can keep doing this. It's my Glastonbury group. I'm following Chappelle and it's a hard follow. That's another Super Bowl moment. Those are the two. When Bill Burr pops in, it's amazing, but it's not Chappelle and Louie. It's just this, there's other levels. And it's not like they're operating on another level. I'm talking about from the place of the audience. Say what you want about Louie now. This is four years ago. Um, Chappelle also waves of like how excited you are to say when he came back from South Africa. Oh my God. He came back from Africa, not South Africa, Africa, and did a show at the comedy store. I was working the door. Madrigal opened and somebody else too. They said, any heckling, you'll be asked to leave immediately. The place was mocked. Bruce Willis was there. The members of Soundgarden were there. Every celebrity could get tickets, got tickets. Somebody in the front heckled the opener because they were like, come on, let's fucking get to it. Yoink! Wait list. Who wants in? Front row. Yes! The fire department showed up. I must have talked about this somewhere. The fire department showed up in fucking full outfit with the fucking fire chief. And it was like, came to the front. We were over capacity by so fucking much. There was no way it was safe. And he goes, he takes a look inside, comes back out to me. <laughs> and he goes, I'd like to talk to the manager, please. Fuck. You don't know what it's like when you're running a room or a show and you're going to get shut down. Everything you went into it, you're about to get shut down. This is one of the biggest sets in comedy history. Chappelle coming back from Africa, from leaving his show, disappearing. No one really knew where he was. There were rumors where he was. And he's back. And his show has to happen. And so we got the manager. The manager came up. I forget who it was. I don't, it wasn't Egot. It might have been Rob Davies. Hello? Well, your honor? I don't know what you call a fire, fire department person. What can I do for you? And uh, he goes, can we sit and watch? <laughs> He's like, there's no real room. And they go, can we sit on the stairwell? <laughs> so they block the stairwell to watch Bell and make him more of a fire hazard. <laughs> That's how big it was. That's how big that show was. So I'm talking about like, Forget about who's the best comics in the world. I mean, like, who the world thinks is, like, the biggest ticket. Okay? Um, and those two guys are the ones. Wow, what a show that was. I couldn't believe it. That Chappelle show. Anyway, I'm following Chappelle. Not then. Years later. Um, and now he's doing... For a while, he didn't do material. He just kind of meandered for fucking two and a half hours. It was like... Rough to watch after a while. Cause like, come on, man, work on some jokes. Get back to where you are. And then he started doing that again. About ten years in, he started really fucking honing material and caring again. And um, so now I'm following that, and people are excited about it again, like real excited. And I looked. I I remember what Simone did. This is a sink or swim moment. I remember what Simone did, and I was able to play off that in a similar way of like talking about it, then eventually making fun of it 
I think I made fun of the way he holds a cigarette. And, and then got on my side. And I had a good set. Not a standing O like Steve Simone. I'm not going to say that. But I had a good set. And Rogan was in the back watching Chappelle. And then he stayed and watched me. And it was, I mean, dude, so. How do I say this without being too fucking. Mark Norman. I, I'm, this, I'm just a meanderer. That's what I do. Mark Norman. We all have our guys. Okay. In comedy, we have our guys that we look up to and like, that's our guy. Before I started comedy, Sam Kennison. So I'll never meet my guy. But when I started comedy, I had sort of like heroes that I looked up to that I saw. And some of them were famous, some of them were not. And, and one of them that I looked up to when I'm working the door at the comedy store and I'm seeing people fucking crush was Rogan. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, Mark Normand... His guy was Seinfeld. If you can't see it from his act, you're, you don't know anything. He, he models himself after the guy. And lately, he's made friends with him. Go check out Mark Norman's Instagram. He's made friends with Jerry Seinfeld. They met at fucking Gotham Comedy Club. And Seinfeld was like, that was a funny set. And they started talking. Now they're fucking friendly. And it's like, and then Seinfeld mentioned him in a fucking interview. Seinfeld's not my guy. Richard Pryor's not my guy. You know, I mean, I can respect what they did comedically, but they're not my guy. Seinfeld is Mark Norman's guy. And for him to be able to hang out with his guy and get tips from his guy, it's, it's mind-blowing. And Rogan became one of my guys. Like, I would look up to him. So years later, obviously we're friends and that shit has kind of faded away. We're, we've become sort of colleagues. But it's like, it's like your dad, you know, telling you he loves you. It, it, it doesn't, you, it just feels better than certain people telling you they love you or a professor saying they're proud of you. I don't know. So Rogan saw that set and this is a guy I looked up to who was a mentor to me for a long time. S saw me do something that's technically difficult to follow a, a, a fucking care about their set Chappelle and I did it well. I'm not bragging, but I'm bragging. I did it well. I'm proud of myself. And I got off and Rogan was like, dude, that was a very difficult situation. And you handled it great. Felt awesome. It felt awesome to get a fucking kudos from a fucking hero like that. In a moment where not just like, good job, but like, I know what that is. I'm a comic. I know what that is. And you fucking rose to the occasion. That was tough. Um, it's not just hitting a home run. It's hitting a home run off all the Rollins for Chapman in the fucking, you know, bottom of the 10th. Can't believe that. Look at the other side of this. Dude, fucking fans sometimes. Send you cool shit. Um, I got a package from Weed, California. Somebody sent me a whole fucking care package from Weed, California. It was great. Um, brightens your day. Anyway. Why are you so pooped? Anyway, so. I remember... Oh. I haven't smoked pot all day, so I'm, I'm back. This is what we used to do in, in, in Gemara class. We'd follow the, tr the tangent, and then we'd bring the tangent back. What am I at? 17 minutes! I haven't even gotten to the podcast episode. It's about... Okay, Jessica Kirsten is a tough follow. I'll get back to the tangent. Jessica Kirsten is one of the toughest followers in New York. She's difficult to follow. She has a new special out this week. Uh, tomorrow, Friday, on Comedy Central. It's called Talking to Myself. It's her first fucking special. It's a failure of the industry. So she does not have a special yet. 
It's a complete failure of the industry. She's a tough follow and she's a woman and she's not doing fucking hacky shit. She's doing original shit with original fucking delivery styles. And if they haven't put a woman on, you know, if you follow comedy at all, that they are actively bending over backwards to try to find qualified women. So when one falls through the cracks, when a white dude falls through the cracks, you're like, that does suck. It sucks. It's not fair. Because each individual performer is an individual and it's not fair. But you can wrap your head around how that could happen. Sean Patton, it sucks. It's not fair that he hasn't had a special. It's ridiculous. He's one of the best comics in the country. It's, a, it's again, it's a failure of the industry. But you can wrap your head around why they'd be like, not now, white guy. But for a, a crushing woman to not have a... It's like, it doesn't even make any sense. Um, so her special's on Comedy Central, Friday night. Um, talking to myself. You definitely should watch it. It's on, it'll be on ComedyCentral.com immediately afterwards, streaming. She's one to watch. If you're looking, if you've ever wondered why, like, you keep wanting to like women, but you haven't found one that you like, there are some out there that are crushing. Jessica's one of them. So she's, she's not an opener level comic. She's a crushing headliner for many years. Check out ComedyCentral.com and, and see your special. You're probably not going to remember to DVR or whatever fucking time it is Friday night. We talk around the other at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock. CC.com, ComedyCentral.com. Check that out. Um, anyway, so we talked about her kid. Um, talked a lot of stuff, but her kid is in Children's Hospital right now. You know, I cover topics in this episode, and her kid has major heart problems um, since she was born. And we talked about the experience dealing with Children's Hospital. It's tough, and she's fucking strong-willed about it. So some of this gets serious. It takes a sharp turn about an hour in. <laughs> but um, very interesting and kind of fucking uplifting. It really is. She has an attitude about this shit that is, like, enviable. When you see people stay positive, man, it's like, in, in face of diversity, it really helps lift you up, too. So... Um, Tangent, tangent. So I was in Talmud, my Brian would always tell me, like, we can go on a tangent, back to the Mishnah, back to the Rashi, come back, back, back. Ari Shafir Jew, taping February 7th and 8th at the Skirball Center in Manhattan, New York. Tickets are available for February 7th. Tickets for February 8th are sold out. More will be added. Probably, I don't know, maybe, maybe a couple weeks out, but I'm not sure more will be added, to be honest. So get tickets for February 7th. Um... I'm working on some interesting stuff for, for the fans that are there. Possibly yarmulkes. We'll see. But tickets are at arithegreats.com. As well, they are for Spokane Comedy Club, uh, January 2nd through the 4th. I'm going to be leaving the country, so this might be, if I can get Dan Soder in, uh, who also has a special January, I mean December 7th on HBO called Son of a Gary. That's on HBO.com. For sure, check that one out. For sure, check Michelle Wolf out. Uh... Uh, December 10th on Netflix, another one of those female comics that are like, there's a few you can point to, I'm like, oh, there's, if you ever thought like women aren't funny, you haven't found the right ones. And I get it. I'm not going to tell you you've been presented the right ones because the industry's lazy. And what they do is they just go to a list and they go, we need a chick and eh, fucking find one. And then a lot of times those aren't the ones who care. So there's some who do care and they crush every night. Michelle, Jessica, those ones, they, they care. And they crush. And they work hard at their craft. 
So those are ones that if you see them, you're like, oh, I was wrong. It's not that women aren't funny. It's that those specific people, women or men, it doesn't matter. They happen to be women, whatever. They weren't funny, but these two chicks are. So, um, what was I going to say? Tangent. Tangent. Back. Away. Followed Chappelle. Okay, so I had this moment where I followed Dalia. And Dalia is a tough follow. And it's like Ingram, you got to like tell yourself, what am I going to do here? You can't just follow him. You got to say, what am I going to do? So if somebody's trying to talk to you, like, hey man, I, I, I got to think about my first bit. I'm about to go up. Fans are always like, can I just talk to you? I'm like, I'm about to go up. And they go, can I just say one thing? I'm like, no. And these moments are like, I don't care if you think I'm rude. I, I'm not giving the crowd a B plus fucking performance instead of an A performance because one person thinks I'm rude. When you're taking up time, I'm about to go on. I don't have time for that. I'm giving this crowd a performance. That's what I'm here for. Not for this moment right now. For this, for what they paid for. So, um, I was following Dalia in the main room. And I remember being in the wings going, fuck, I'm not going to do well. He's crushing. I'm not going to do well. And then I got a step back moment. I go, Ari, it might just my brain. You ever have these moments where you go, you've had this thought before. You've had this thought before that you're not going to follow Dalia or you're not going to follow Ingram or you're not going to follow anybody who's doing really well. Um, and you always do well. You stopped doing badly after these people seven, eight, nine years ago. So just trust yourself. You've done this well over and over again. So you're going to do well. You're going to keep getting nervous every time and you know the results. You're going to do well. So get the fuck over it. And I was like, oh yeah. And I just had a good set like I always do. And then I just gained this confidence level. Like, I'm good at what I do. Ari Shafir Jew, taping February 7th and 8th, coming from summer 2020 to screens near you. We'll see who makes the right bid. Um, so, um, anyway, Jessica is a tough follow. Tangent out, tangent in. And she came on the podcast to talk about a lot of stuff. We talked about comedy. We talked about her time as uh, dealing with her child, Isabella. Isabel, um, she actually told me today. Um, Jessica, Isabella. Um, at Children's Hospital, we talked about Children's Hospital, how they are to work with. She loves them. Love, can't say kind enough words. Um, I am donating the $11,000 I raised for Burt Kreischer um, for Children's Hospital. I try, Listen, here's the deal. I tried raising it on GoFundMe, and I did. You guys stepped up to support what Bert would not. We raised $10,000 for Children's Hospital. Over 11000 to be honest. And then I tried to just give him the money because they're one of the charities you can just like put in the system. Is like, which charity are you raising it for? And if it's there already, no problem. It's already taxed out or tax-freed out, and you just like transfer it. So Children's Hospital is in there. We registered it before I even started raising money to, to make up for what uh, Bert did. And, um, or failed to do. And... Then when I raised the money, I tried to donate it. They're like, you need this code and you got to get it from them. And I tried contacting them. I couldn't get a response back. And I asked Simone. He couldn't get any answer. He's always raising money for Children's Hospital. And I asked Segura. He raised money for Children's Hospital. And he, he couldn't get me an answer. And the money's just been sitting there. It's really like the, morally the worst thing that, that, that I feel bad about for the year. It's like I can't get rid of this money to them. And I'm just busy. And I'm like, who, who do I contact? So I finally found... The people to give me the code to transfer it. So finally, you guys, a year later, we have donated the money that we raised to cover up Bert's ass 
to Children's Hospital LA, over $11,000. I'm going to find out the exact number and, and fucking put it in front of the screen. Um, um, what is it? GoFundMe. GoFundMe.com slash EvilBert. Yep, here we go. Oh, it's GoFundMe.com slash FatBert wants sick kids to die. And how much do we get? $11,000. Thank you very much, Tom Segura, for mocking Bert to help us use spite for charitable reasons. $11,000 exceeded the goal of 10961 which covers GoFundMe's amount and raised over $11,000. Bert does look better now. The reason I'm taping four shows, by the way, instead of two, is because Bert told me about his special. and He said how important it was to record extra shows. Um, and it's New York. It's Jew York. I'm taping an hour about Jews, so that's why I'm doing it. Guys, before I start, 27 fucking minutes. Fuck. Still got to do an ad read. I'm not going to do it this week. I'm not going to do it this week. I'll try next week, I guess. If, if I can get Soder on the podcast and I can upload his for next week, I'll do it next week. Otherwise, I don't have time. Um, right? Can't even pause these things. Can you pause? No, it's just stop or nothing. Grr. Uh, okay, so I want to tell you a tip about Thanksgiving, okay? Thanksgiving is here. By the way, um, we'll do like semi-ad read. Sam Adams, we, all these comics did a fucking ad, uh, ads for Sam Adams. Mine is coming out. It's on their website right now. It's just you have to toast somebody. I toasted Red Band. Uh, what they're saying is, and I like Sam Adams. That's actually good beer. Sometimes they get sponsorships where it's like, hey, please let me, like I sucked for MeUndies last week on the Jimmy Dore podcast. I still like them. They haven't sponsored me in five years. I don't care. I still rep them because they're fucking, they make good underwear. I don't even know if they're still a company, but they make good underwear and I like them. So, um, oh, Sam Adams, we had to do toasts of somebody who really helped us, and I did toast for Red Band. It's on the Sam Adams website, and they're asking, oh, and I, this is what I was going to say. Sometimes I get a sponsorship of a company that I'm like, I'll use that anyway. I drink Sam Adams already. The Oktoberfest is maybe my favorite Sam Adams, like, strain. What a pothead calling fucking type of weed, type of beer strain. Um, but... Fuck, if I don't do podcasts because I'm going, I'm going to leave the country. I'm taking a Spanish immersion class in South America for the next two weeks, leaving tomorrow. I got to do some fucking Patreon. The Patreon, I said, would get one every week no matter what, either here or on Patreon. So I got to record three Patreons, you motherfuckers. Um, Patreon.com slash skeptic. So Sam Adams, which I drink. I enjoy Sam Adams. One of the reasons I hate doing Sober October. Why can't we move it to January? Is because Oktoberfest, Sam Adams Oktoberfest is a great beer. I love it. And that's fucking the only time it's there. <sighs> Sam Adams, can you sponsor my new studio? Something to look into. Um, and I enjoy drinking them. And they get, asked me to do a toast and I did to Red Band. Go look at the um, Sam Adams website right now. You can see it. It's too heartfelt. It's not funny enough. It's too heartfelt because it really did help me. Um, Red Band. He really did help me. And uh, 
They're asking for you guys just to toast somebody you like. Obviously, they want you to do it with Sam Adams. That's the reason they're asking you to do it. But I like the, in, the idea anyway, even if it's not Sam Adams. Toast them with whatever you want. But I like that idea. For Thanksgiving to Christmas, find somebody you really like and toast them. Be like, hey, man, here's to you. It's like a fucking old thing that nobody does anymore. Here's to you. What I should have said, which I didn't, is like, Red Band, obviously because of heart failure, you're not going to be around much longer. <laughs> but here's to you while you're still here. Thanks for making me do a podcast. Uh, he, if you don't know, he forced me to do this podcast. He really, you should listen to the Red Band episode we did. You might have found him annoying. That's why you didn't listen. It's a great episode. It reminds you of how cool podcasts are. And he's the one who forced me to do a podcast. So find somebody and toast them. That's what Sam Adams says. Um, look at that. I did do an ad read. So here's something for Thanksgiving. I went over to Robert Kelly's house. He invited, uh, me and I, I took my dog, Bandit. Um, how are you still sleeping, buddy? That motherfucker's out. How are you still sleeping? Get over here. Come play. Show the people before I leave. You're not going to be a puppy much longer, doofus. Oh, I know how to get you. Uh, yeah, let's see these people. What time it is. Um, so... I brought my dog over to meet his dog. He hasn't, she hasn't had all her shots yet. Dogs are heat. Um, oh, well, hello. Somebody came over nice and easy. Check that out. Somebody's interested. Come, come. Make the leap. Make the leap. Make the leap. Make the leap. Come, come, bandit. Um, so anyway, I took my dog over to Robert Kelly's. She still needs one parvo shot, so she can't go to the dog park. And she can't uh, go to the dog cafe or anything like that. She can only play with dogs that have definitely had their shots because it's her immune shot that she needs. Come on. Come on. Over here, Bandit. Over here. Um, come on. Show these people. We'll do it in the outro. Um, so anyway, um, she has not had her shots yet. So we want to socialize her around dogs. So we brought her to Robert Kelly's. I'm telling you right now. If there's ever a holiday to go to Robert Kelly's house, it is a food-based holiday. So I'm going to give you guys a tip right now. And that tip is this. If you are going... Look my fingers. If you are going uh, to a Thanksgiving meal, I figure this out. So here's what happens. Then I'll start the episode. Talking 32 minutes. This is what I do. I do intros. At the end of a great meal at Thanksgiving, it's always amazing, Right? Uh, the host or hostess cooks like crazy. It's always twice as much as what you need because you know one's ever run out of food on Thanksgiving. It hasn't happened. What a crazy full pod that would be. Isn't that crazy? What a, what a great podcast moment that was. Milo Yiannopoulos meeting him for the first time. Him thinking I'm going to be an antagonist and not realize what a fucking amazing troll he is and be envious of the fucking rabble-rousing he does and then finally realizing I do like trouble. I love Fucking with people's gods. I love it. And then just hitting it off. Um, so I went to Robert Kelly's house and we socialized this one around his puppy and it was just a fun time. At the end of every Thanksgiving meal, the host will be like, you guys want to take leftovers? Because of course, it's too much. You have eight people there, 10 people there, 15 people there, 50% is left over. You're not going to eat all that. Who wants leftovers? And everyone, for some level of politeness or I don't know what, goes, no, 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 I couldn't possibly. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly. Um, and it's like, what are you talking about? You know what a fucking insult that is? To not take leftovers? 
Do you know, that's like saying like, oh, we loved your food. Like, do you want more tomorrow? Like, no, never again. Fucking shitting on the face of the fucking host, of the cook. And it offends me as, as, a, as, a, as a fucking thankful person and as a Jew to not take leftovers. But if you say yes, what's going to happen is everyone's going to take. So here's what you do. I figured it out. Here's what you do. You say um, nothing. They go, who wants leftovers? Say nothing. Let everyone else with their dumb fucking polite. My aunt once said this. I have a rich aunt and she gave me, um, and she gave me, uh, she used to give me money. 200 shekels, I think when I was in Israel. And I was like, no, no, I couldn't possibly. She goes, Ari, when someone asks to do something for you, you let them do it. And it made sense. And she compared it to this. She goes, if you, Tante Lily, she goes, if you, if someone holds a door open for you, are you going to say, no, I can do it myself? You just accept the good deed. Um, I get that it's a little different than money. Money makes people weird. So I get that. But this wasn't one of those cases. So, and Thanksgiving, people ask me, do you want leftovers? It's not one of those things they're just saying to be polite. They're, they mean it. Take some. Sure. We what, what have so much. And everyone goes, no, no. So you stay in the pocket. You stay quiet. You let everyone say no, 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 no. And then once everyone said no, you just keep quiet. Look down. Look at your potatoes. And then we're like, Ari, would you like some? Go, yes. I will take all of them. You guys have already put your vote in. You're not taking any, right? You already said you don't want any. Now I get all of them. And what happens is, when you get all of them, buddy, did you have a good time with Papa Kelly's house? Did you have a good time with Papa Kelly's house? What happens is, when you take all of them, I want to show you this, okay? Hey, stay here for one second. Stay here for one second. I want to show you what happens is, when you say, I'll take all of them, and everyone else is already put in their fucking vote. I'm fucking not taking anything. I want to show you what happens. When you are fucking smart about this shit, okay? What happens is, you get all of them. You get all of them. <laughs> and I'm not returning the Tupperware Bobby's wife. I don't know if he says her name. I'm not returning it. No, 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 no. Not for you to lick. I will take it all. Oh, shit. Sorry, buddy. And, uh, and I've been nibbling on it the whole week. That's what you do. That's how you fucking win Thanksgiving. You stay quiet. You stay in the pocket. And when it's time, no, no, no. We're not going to piss on that, bro. You stay quiet, and when it's time, you get all the fucking everything. Mm. So, I won Thanksgiving leftovers. Mrs. Kelly, you are not getting your Tupperware back. I'm so sorry, but deal with it. And, um, that's my Thanksgiving tip to you. So, if you ever have an opportunity to go over to Robert Kelly's house, I suggest you do it. Because heart disease is the number one killer of men in America. And um, stay quiet. Stay in the pockets. That's my tip to you for Thanksgiving. Try to hold on to that for the next 361 days or something. Uh, oh, 58 days. And that's it. You guys, we're going to start this episode now. I got nothing else to announce to you. I still got tour dates coming. I don't know why they're up, but check back at rhfear.com for Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Charlotte, Hawaii. Should be finalized. I don't know why that's not up yet. Um, that one's almost for sure happening. Um, but until it's done, it's not done, you know? Um, I will be going to Edinburgh next year. Fuck that. That's way too late. Let's not even announce that. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir Skeptic, episode 375.
Kid with the Cow Heart with Jessica Kirsten. Starts that. I make sure, guys, I'm telling you, um, you'll want to see this fucking special. Where did that fucking thing go? You'll for sure want to see it. Check out Dan's on, 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 on uh, Saturday on HBO. Son of a Gary. Check out Michelle's. Um, nice lady. I was at both those tapings. They both crushed. Um, and uh, and check, out, check out fucking Justin Kristen. Talk to Myself premieres on Comedy Central this Friday, December 6th, and ComedyCentral.com streaming after that. Do yourself a favor and watch it and tell your friends. Tell everybody you can to fucking watch this lady special because she's a fucking killer. Ladies and gentlemen, Archie Fair Skeptic, episode 375, Kid with the Cow Heart, starts now! Anyway, Jessica Kirsten, hi. I'll do the intros later, so don't worry about that. But what's okay. the name of your special? Talking to Myself. Talking to Myself. Okay. I'm pretty excited for it. The Thank whole you. comedy scene in New York is pretty excited about it. Yeah. It's been really nice. Talking to myself? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean it's been nice? It's just been because I've developed good relationships and tried to treat people well, so they've kind of, you know, come and supported me. It's really nice. Yeah. That sounded so nauseating what I just said. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> I know. I saw your face. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but that's not why they're all like excited about it. Yeah. It's it's. I don't. They, I just think everyone just thinks you're funny. Well, that's very. That's harder to take in. Yeah. Because I don't believe it. I mean, not that I don't believe them, but I just am so filled with self hatred, so it's yeah. very uncomfortable. But it's okay. I have this theory that, like, you know, when, you, when there's a comedy club owner or, or a booker in the room, and you still get like a little nervous, especially yeah. when it's a new person. Yeah. And the reason. I, this is my theory. The reason you get nervous, and we all do, is because like they've been around comedy a lot. They've seen comedy, yeah. and they're gonna know that I'm a fraud. Right? They're, <laughs> they're gonna, gonna know that I'm just guessing. <laughs> they're gonna know the truth. <laughs> yeah, that I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm right. really guessing the whole time. Right. Most people you have to worry like wait until they see who I really am, but they know who you really are the <laughs> second you walk on stage. <laughs> like this fuck harsh doesn't know shit. Yeah. Fuck him. He's yeah. What a hack. Faking it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pretty fucking exciting. Did Burr go to you? Or, or, he did. Uh, he just said, like, I want you to do a special? Yeah. I mean, he saw me on the Patrice O'Neill benefit. Yeah. And he was like, what the fuck happened to you? And I said, well, you haven't seen me in 15 years. I had a very good set that night. Yeah. And uh, and then I got a call from him like two months later out of nowhere. And it, I was like, who called from a 3-1 or whatever it was? And yeah. it was him. It was isn't, crazy. Isn't that weird? I still have the message. Really? Yeah. He called and just said, like, I want to do a special. Yeah, you, what, he's like, yeah, Jessica, you deserve a special. I don't know. I don't even remember what he said, but you, I would love to produce it if you let me. You know, I was like, let you, because wow. no one would fucking give me a special. Yeah. And that was the one thing. I, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but it's the one thing I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I get other things, the sitcom and fucking even t Tonight Show. Yeah. But a special, I was like, this is really, I mean, look who's getting specials. This is insane. There's, there's a few people that have slipped. Like, sometimes it's like, you're like, I'm a little bit further along than that guy. Yeah. Like, whatever. But sometimes you're like, I mean, this is even close now. It's a joke. And so, like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. I can't, that is hard for me when it's someone who's new, who doesn't even have an hour. I'm, and yeah. then, you and know, you've like been doing it. it together. And yeah. I don't get it. I really, and I don't know. And then there's also this thing of like, I mean, you've seen it in Hollywood. They're like, we need women. And you're like, yeah, I know. I know. I have a thing about that too. Well, then, plus, what's the I'm, story? plus, I'm married to a woman. Like, there's a lot of oh, yeah, checks in the gay. box. Yeah. There's not even like, I'm um, this straight, 
woman. Yeah, when li- it's, it's like I can see when some people slip through the cracks, but when it's a slip through the crack of the type that they want to check off these boxes, you're like, that's a double. What the fuck's wrong with you? Well, maybe because I'm older now. I don't know. There's some ageism for yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's that. I think there is ageism, believe it or not, with men and women now. You think in so? In certain ways, yeah. I don't know what it is in Hollywood. I, it's not my world. Yeah. But I know in stand-up, we're like, I I booked a show. I booked a, a, a TV show, you know, a storytelling show. And there was uh-huh. like fights we had on people that I'm like, this shouldn't I know. be a fight. I know. It doesn't make any sense. I, well, I'm, I'm producing a movie for FX, female comics, and it's the exact same thing. Yeah, and you're like... You realize what's going on when you're on the other side of it and you're a yeah. producer, you're like, oh my God, this is what's been going on. This is, explains a lot. Yeah. yeah it's cast. Right. A lot of it is cast. And it is, we got to get this type and that type and this age and that age, you know. Yeah, but it's, but it's like someone's been headlining for a fucking long time. They don't care. It was like- I know. Yeah. I, yeah. It's just like, baff- it, that's the one that kills me when it's like, this doesn't make sense to even by your rules. Because it's not fair also, right. and we're, you know, that bothers us, comics. It's Most not of the fair. white dudes have wrapped their heads around it. It's frustrating, but they're like Sean Patton or Becky O, and they're like, I mean, I get it. It's the world that it's intentionally not looking for us. It sucks, but I get it from their point of view. Mm-hmm. But then some people like Madigan or you, it's like, what's going on here? Well, there's people who are enraged about it. Yeah. Like, and then they've gone the other way and become very right-wing, meaning like, you know, they've kind of like, gone into that whole world and i don't know if that's no, i'm not doing politics i'm saying a specific kind of audience because that's not going to last that long what do you like this will turn around yeah and it'll come back to white men or whoever it is who's funny just funny exactly but there's certain comics who are like fuck that i'm gonna you know and then they go for this certain audience and it's not a great it's, no, not, it's not great a, it's like a rage against the machine audience instead of you're just not gonna like, get tv like you're not funny, gonna yeah yeah yeah, I, I, this is my pr- problem. I think with white dudes now, because we were always in the category of like, of like, you got to work hard, and no one's holding you back. Yeah. And now it's like oh, there are these people who are like, well, here's the reason I'm not getting ahead. I'm like, oh, so you're not putting the blame on yourself anymore. No, see, that drives and, me crazy. And then too. it's like you're not going to improve. See, I never did that as a woman. Like a Bill always says that that you're a comic, you're not a female comic, right, you're yeah. a comic, and yeah, I love sure that because I never said, oh, I don't get opportunities because I'm a woman. I, I think that there's certain things where it's been hard, like headlining at a comedy club is is a little tough right. as a woman to really? get headlining gigs. Now it's easier because of stuff going on. But for years there'd be someone working at the Improv, you know, a guy, and I'm like, I have ten times more credits than him, and I can't get a headlining gig. And this isn't like, right, this isn't like, well, this guy's a bigger draw. No. Those things are go out of the way. Like, no, no, no. crazy, you know? No, but that like, I'm realistic about. Yeah, but, but it's like, person. neither one of us have a draw. Right. So exactly. it's just a question of, like, we're fill the time comics. Right. Can and I it's fill not the even time? for a lot of money. Right. So it doesn't even make sense. But I also have gotten a lot of opportunities because I'm a funny woman. So a lot of people don't like hearing me say that, but it's true. Like, if you're a woman who's really funny, you're going to get it work. Right. You know, I was talking to Catherine Ryan, you know her? Yeah. And um, there was this mandate on either BBC or one of those networks where they pretty much only do panel. That's the only comics comedy you can do mm-hmm. on TV there. Um, you know, those three-person panels. And so they started, we were like, hey, this isn't fair for women. We're not booking enough women. So they go, on just as one network, they're like, every one of these panel shows must have at least one woman on every mm-hmm. single show. If you have two on one, you can't have zero on the next. It's mm-hmm. two and one or one and one, whatever. And so she was like, Okay, the weird thing is, like, that's a good thought, you know, make sure we look out for women. But the problem is, it doesn't just suddenly make more women capable. 
I know. So she goes, all it did for me was I got 10 times the bookings. Right. Because I was one of the women they could trust. And now it's like, well, we need you every week now. Right. You know? That's right. That's that's true. Like yeah. I, a lot of times at the clubs, they would want one woman on the show. So I would get booked as an MC or an opener for years. Yeah. The point is, you're fucking hilarious. Thank you. Yeah. It's cool. You're that's finally a huge getting a chance. Compliment from you. Well, I think that it gives people <laughs> hope, likes it. which Mikey is really like anything. <laughs> it's really, you know what? <laughs> what? It's a really good thing for comics to see, and I love what? that. Like a lot of, I told Bill this, and Al Magical, and Mike Bertolina. It's comics have hope because I got a call years in by yeah. another comic saying you deserve this. Yeah, and it takes a long time sometimes, and. It gave people hope, like, well, if Jessica, if it can happen for her, you know, she just did the Tonight Show, whatever, it can happen for me. Yeah, it does. It, there's a few comics when they book something, when there's just like the legit strong comics, that you're like, oh, okay. Yes, it's, it's I've not seen all, it. It, you know, against us. Us mm-hmm. meaning like just mainstream good comics. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And when finally one hits and you're like, well, they didn't have to do a sitcom or have a PR agent or anything like that mm-hmm. or have a dad in the business. They just like did it all funny. We're like, Right, like you or said, like great oh, tits hope. and a you know right, exactly yeah. Because I never played that. I mean, my whole thing is comedy isn't pretty, meaning I can take pretty pictures, but like I'm just an animal, and I own it. Like I, I don't. Uh, I think it's fine if you're pretty and attractive and you take sexy pictures and you deliver. But if you just do that, there right. are some. Yeah, but then sure. you do that, and then people come. You know, you sell out a room, and then they come, and you don't have ten minutes. So yeah, it's a YouTube fucking nightmare, or something like that. right? And then they're like, hey, women aren't funny. Yeah, right. That's the problem. That's another thing I thought when 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 I was booking that show. So the problem is like, and I do want to book different types of comics. You know, I don't want it all just white men because it's boring. I it is you know? boring. I, I it even is. if it's like one rich white man, one poor white man, yeah. that's okay. That's at least different. I agree of a with pit, you, you know? completely. It's just boring. Yeah. So if it was like a super wealthy um from the suburbs black dude and a super wealthy from the suburbs white dude, that's also kind of boring. Mm-hmm. One different styles. It's yeah. a diff- what do they call it? A um diversity of experience. I totally agree with that. Yeah. But so then but they tell you like you have to book a this and so you get one, let's just say, and you're like, well, no one will do it. You know, Nikki's busy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so then you have to like book like a six-year female comic. And you have Tom Segura I at know. 15 years, <sighs> some six-year comic, female, and then some 18, Jim Brewer, 25-year comic afterwards. Right. person at home doesn't know how much time they've been in business. They just go, well, this woman's not as funny as those two men. That's very true. You know? And then everyone at home is like, why the fuck is she doing it? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll see all the shit behind it. <laughs> it's crazy. But you're one of the good ones, man. Thank you. You really are. It's Thank fucking you cool so to much. see. Um, yeah, yeah. Burr, Burr is such a fucking outsider. I know. He's just like, no, we're doing it this way. Yeah, I um this is actually really funny. I my you know, I do characters and people get offended now sometimes. Not a lot, but I'll get a message like you're a racist cuz you do an Asian woman or you're a racist. I'm like, "No, I'm really fucking good at mimicking people." Yeah. And I do characters. Like I'm not like, "Oh, I want to do your, you know." I it's yeah. it's, it's it's there's a whole message Richard, behind yeah. it if you really think about what I'm saying. So, um I I got concerned because the whole thing with Bill happened and then Chappelle and then the thing with uh, with with the what's his name Shane with Saturday Night Live saying chink and this and that and I called Bill and I was like oh my god should I take the Asian bit out of the end he's like fuck that like he freaked out because he's like you're not taking it out fuck them and I'm like you're right yeah you know why do I care you know for yourself what you are exactly if it's coming from an okay place then I, I shouldn't even have an issue with it yeah but they get in your head but I've been it makes me worse I have been, oh my God, 
Like I was at the cellar the other night and did a, a black woman with like a Down syndrome. <laughs> What a good combo. My God. What a good one, too. And it killed, but there were people who were so upset. And it's like, and then I say, can you believe I'm a Democrat and I just did that? Like, that's what I always say now. Can you believe? But that, well, right, that's a good, that's a good, it's a good laugh. And also to let them know, like, guys, I'm not Come, really Take it easy. Yeah. Everyone needs to calm down. So Burroughs says, like, you're making jokes and you're calling it statements. Yeah. When it's like, yeah, if I do the Heil Hitler salute, I'm joking. Right, you're Jewish. So if I do that, maybe you're not. I'm not really a Nazi. <laughs> just, I like, know they don't understand. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. So you have to be like, well, you guys don't really get it. You're only like five percent of the crowd ever. You dumb ones. You're right. The rest of us do. It's so a tiny group, and you just have to let it go. Yeah. And it's just it's it. I have to say it's upsetting because it is. It's the extreme on both sides. It's it's mostly the ultra liberals, and it's just upset because I'm a liberal in a lot of ways. But it's like Jesus Christ, like, you're you making me want to like do a march in Virginia. I mean, it's really yeah. Well, compared to them, you are now you're a gay woman who's now far right. I know. Right I know. Anyway, if you really least, look at know. my life, like right. why would I even be that way? It's just not two and two don't go to gay. Even when I make j- gay jokes, l- lesbians like old school lesbians, yeah. that was very offensive. I'm like, good. Old school lesbians are getting. Oh yeah, they get very. But then I have to remember that they were like beaten and their families disowned them. I have to try to remember. Well, they're not good enough lesbians if they got beat. <laughs> <laughs> they should have fought, fought back. <laughs> They're tougher than the dudes. They have a tool belt on. They yeah. should have used this. These fucking lipstick lesbians can't handle the business. It's the I'll say ones. something like very offensive to me. I'm like, oh my God, I'm talking about my life. Yeah. The thing I noticed about Shane after that came up, and it wasn't, this wasn't like people defending him. I just noticed, and I was in LA right afterwards and New York then, I noticed a lot more Asian jokes from comics. Yeah. It was almost like they reminded us like, oh yeah, that's an angle. <laughs> well, that's how we, we are. We'll, we'll turn. It. I say, you try to silence us; it's going to be a mess. We like to fuck with things, of course. Like just fuck it. So it's like, oh, what? I, You're getting annoyed at that? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's how I am. I, I love that kind of comedy. It's my favorite comedy. Yeah. Safe comedy has never once made me laugh. Pap. I, the word pap is like yeah. just like boring and like yeah, like vanilla, flavorless. I never. I don't laugh at just clever. I always call it clever, clever comedy. It's like oh yeah. It's like that. Might, um, that's a great line at a party. Well, go right. Yeah. Go right for a show. Right at a party. Yeah, it's a, it's an, it's a, it's an okay tweet. I saw Jeff Ross once, and this is not an attack on Jeff, but like uh, he did a Columbine joke two, three years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, people, a couple people ooed. He goes, "Oh, too soon." And I remember <laughs> crowd laugh, but I remember in my head going, like, "No, way too late." Like I wanted that Columbine joke. The I thought week that after was a Columbine. joke too soon. It was, but it's like. But it's just like I, I need it right. I need it right away when everyone still feels it. Yeah, that's what I want. Well, I did a joke on Comedy Central about the guy who shot up the the um, synagogue the day after, but it was against the guy who shot it up. I think he's a hero. But... An Israeli. Come on, Jessica, stop it! You have a special. You can't be part of this shit right now. <laughs> and an Israeli <laughs> was in the audience. She's like, "That's distasteful." It's it's on the internet. Really? And I went fucking crazy on her. And but it's not, so like, yeah, it's distasteful. You're right. That's yeah. where the joke lies. And she and she was like, you, you're you not funny. I'm, and I'm, I was just like, listen, you're not going to like me anyway because I'm a sinner. I'm married to a woman. So I'm already right. on your shit list. So I don't give a fuck what you think. Jewish woman? Yeah, she was Israeli. No, no, no. Who are you married to? 
No, she's not. In fact, the funniest part, and I do it in my act, but it's true. My parents didn't care that I was marrying a woman. They cared that she's not Jewish. Really? You, I knew you would love that. It's so That's true. What, people have asked me that before. They don't. They didn't. They they were like, they want me to be happy, but they were very, and happy, they love Danielle. this way. Like, she's very pretty. Danielle's she's a Jewish very, name, though. She I know. But Sweeney. Oh, no, she's yeah. done. Yeah. So they were like, we love her, but it would have been great if you married a nice Jewish girl. I'm like, you're fucking crazy. You're crazy. And then they literally, we went to the tasting and they were f- so offended that the place brought out pork. Really? The tasting <laughs> for the wedding? Yeah. People I, ask me about that. It's like, if you're gay, do you have to marry a Jewish person? I, I, I believe, I mean, culturally, it's still culturally, like parents. They're like, sure. no, I want a Jew. Yeah. But religiously, like, like, it, doesn't no, no, matter. it doesn't matter. You're, that's a not. I know. It's like is wood kosher, right? No, it's not exactly. Kosher, it's like you yeah. Can you marry a chair? It's the right, same. Right, yeah. right. It's, it's not a, human. who made the chair. It's yeah, like, that yeah. doesn't matter anymore. Right, right. Yeah, they didn't care. December six on Comedy Central. Yeah, be streaming afterwards. Yeah, on what cc.com? Uh huh. That's great. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm very. I mean, I think they put it on like once or twice. So it's like most people watch it on uh, streaming. Yeah, streaming. I think they fi- luckily they finally embraced the idea that like. They did. No one's going to watch us at 11 o'clock. What time is it on on Friday? Midnight. Midnight. Yeah. I mean, all right. It's whatever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's why it's funny that I'm promoting it everywhere because it's yeah. like how many people are, I have to go, oh, I forgot I have to go home to watch this. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so weird how TV is like yeah. done almost. Well, my little sister doesn't, she has internet on her TV. No one. Uh, yeah. I remember promoting something once and be like, make sure to DVR to this. And some people start going like, DVR? What, Grandpa? I know. Like, what? DVR? I don't think there is going to be like NBC or ABC. I don't know. It's all going to be Apple apps. Apple TV right. apps, right? And that's yeah. going to be the new cable where it's like, here are the 10 channels I pay for. Right. You know, some free ones, some... some. Like NBC has this new NBC Peacock coming out. They all have different... What is that going to be? That's going to be like a streaming no, channel. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's all these people that have deals there, you know, like Alec Ball went all these places and they're just going to yeah. develop shows. And the cool thing is with those, like you can get every show ever, every show there, ever. Right? And also for us, it's 10 times more places to pitch stuff. Right. And it's, it's great. Access too. So if people like want to see your special, you yes, know, they can just go whenever they want to go mm-hmm. 2 a.m. when they get off work or whatever. Yeah. Or just like or just like they can hear about it. They can They'll probably someone will listen to this podcast a year from now. And they're like, oh, I know that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I may be dead by then, but probably at least they'll be able to watch the special. Yeah, it really is. I'm I'm amazed by uh, like slip through the the cracks comics. There's a lot. There's a lot, and it's there's a lot that are on the road all the time too. Mm -hmm. That are just road comics who are hysterical. Yeah, and doesn't like it doesn't. So but you know what? Our, you know what? It has so much more to do than just being funny. You have to be a good business person. I always say that. Yeah. You know, there's amazing comics who work at the cellar and the stand. I mean, they're not. They don't have that business sense, and it's sad. They can't move forward. They're constantly bitter and waiting for something to happen. Part of why I have stuff going on is because I'm always creating stuff and producing, like you are. Yeah. So you have to. You have to do that. It's just weird because when you started, they, that's not what the promise they made to us. Not the at all. The promise the was, made was, go be funny, it'll work out. You'll get a deal for, at Aspen Comedy Festival yeah. or Montreal, remember? And this is not the thing. I mean, I talk to Adrian sometimes, and she's not bitter, but she's like antisocial. Yeah, so I know. You're like, we've Adrian, talked about come that to this too. party. There's going to be people here. You should at least like let them see you talking to your friends, you know? 
And she's like, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, text like, oh, I can't come. I got the dog. I'm like, well, you always had the dog. What are you talking about? You're making up these dumb excuses. <laughs> she probably didn't even have a dog. <laughs> she just made it up. But like, uh, yeah. It's just, I know, because that's a big part of it is the schmoozing. And the, it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. It's also not easy when you don't you get fucked to. up a lot. Like people who don't drink and get high. It's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. How do you be around booze? You ever go to that? Yeah, I mean, I am sober, and uh, I've gone in and out of it over the years. In and out of what, sobriety? Yeah, and, and, and when I've gotten high and stuff like that, it's been easier to hang. I have I don't drink. I Thank God, I don't like alcohol. I'm very lucky, because I'd be homeless and, like, sucking dick what was on your, a street uh, corner. Any drug. <laughs> you like, I don't even like this. This isn't in my thing, normally. It's doubly bad. <laughs> I just need rum. Um, I, any kind of drug, pills, pot, coke, anything. Really? Yeah, I'm a garbage can. I mean, thank God I never got into crack or heroin. Because you, you would have gotten And I'm Jewish. But I mean, you don't, you know. What? Coke was pretty much as far as I went, but I wasn't really. What pills you know. did you do? Oh, God, I used to take anything. I mean, I've, I've been addicted to pain medication. I was addicted to Ambien a couple times. Really? Um, Ambien makes you sleep? Yeah, knock, it's like literally you black out. Is that the one where you wake up in the middle of the night and cook a turkey? Yeah, that was great because I would binge eat when I was like half out of it. It was amazing. And you're like, I keep track of my- I'm a turkey. Doing, I'm, that's what Rogan said. He had a friend who woke up, cooked a turkey. And then, I used to cook a lot when I was on Ambien. Out of it, cook. But I would like be falling into things and find food all over the floor. It was bad. Because you start with like a half a pill. I was taking pills. Like, yeah. Is that the one Roseanne was on? Probably. That's a big one now. I like how they, they responded like, racism is not one of the side effects. Do you like, do anything? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Pretty much anything that's in front of me. But I don't, I'm don't. i not a problem addict. Right. I'm an enthusiast. I, I can't see. I wish I could do it and function, but uh -huh. I can't. Like, And I've been proven that so many fucking times. Wow. Yeah. I'm amazed by that, the people who are like, now I got to do it again tomorrow. And I'm like, wait, what? No, I had to do it. I, I mean, it was all I thought about from the second I woke up. Wow, yeah. It was when I could get high. That's a problem. That's, that's, that's an addict, yeah. Do you have the program? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But in and out, I mean, I went to rehab at 24. Early I burnout. was selling pot. This is amazing. I moved to Northampton, Massachusetts. My I was. Go I went there. to a, what? My friend Rachel is there. That is a home of lesbians. That Amherst is, they call it Lesbianville. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I had threesomes there. It was amazing. <laughs> Um, but I went for a master's in social work and then I fucking got, get up and move to Massachusetts by myself to like come out and then I don't even work. I start getting pot sent to me from California and I have, no I have pounds of pot sent to me and then I was, um, selling it to dealers. So it would come to me vacuum sealed in transmission fluid and I would take, I was so entitled, I would just take it out and like start bagging it with a scale. Like it was so dangerous. I would have gone to jail oh, at that like time. this is a while ago in Massachusetts. Oh, please, it was 20 years ago. Right. It's, that doesn't even make sense to people. You know when those things are like, when they when they see one of your old bits and they're like, how could you say that? You're like, it was a different time that it wasn't bad back then. If no, it was this bad was, back then, yeah, people would have been mad Yeah, now it wasn't so bad. So same thing now when people are like, pot, who cares? We're right. I don't know. I would have been arrested for years. Arrest, I would have gone to jail for years. Yeah. And, uh, it doesn't even make sense. And then I started doing other drugs, but I was dealing drugs. So it was really bad because I was living alone, dealing drugs and doing drugs. So it was like I had the curtains drawn, looking out of the peephole for hours. Did you like, get paranoid and shit? Out of control. Really? Like, it's the one thing that's made me not want to do coke and other stuff because of how it made me. It was bad. 
like bad. Like I would flush it down the toilet and then get in my car and go to get more. I was crazy. Like, uh, and it was not the life you would think I would have. No, it doesn't seem like you at all. No, but Karen, that's all I the know. drugs we had. <laughs> I have an ounce of amazing pot. Yeah, I looked at the uh, helicopter. You're like, they're following me. Um, oh, I was out of my. I used to look out of a people for hours. Just hours. A, really? Yeah, it was evil. I can't imagine you like that. I know. Did you? And ever- then I sent myself to rehab and went to Minnesota. Which one? The big I one? went to a gay rehab called Pride. I was coming out. And so I show up. You're going to laugh. I'm this Jewish girl from New Jersey. I walk in. I'm like, I want my own room. This is amazing. I'm fucked up out of my mind. <laughs> and you're still a Jap. <laughs> I have like a clip in my hair. No. I'm like, I want my own room. And they're like, well, we don't have a room. with. I'm like, but that was what was the great. Like, I came here thinking I was getting my own room. I'm like, okay, well, you can wait in the waiting room area. Until you get your own room. I sat there for 11 hours coming off of drugs, waiting for my own room. And finally, I wanted a fucking bed. Wow. So I went into this room, and this girl was detoxing. I'd never seen anything like that. I was this, what, you know, shaking? yeah, it was horrible. Throwing up all over. I was petrified. It was probably good that I saw that. And um, I spent two months there, and I and like a month and a half, and I was doing great and this hot fucking woman walks in. This is so me. Like, I'm crazy. And I see her in the office area, and I'm like, who is that? You know, because, of course, now I can focus on her and sex and all that and not focus on myself. And I was so attracted to her. I mean, she was really hot. Wait, had you been with a chick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I was, like, in relationships okay. already. I was in one long term. And... uh and then we had an affair in the rehab and we would meet at night, like in each other's rooms and fool around. And I completely forgot about the sobriety. She was shit. an employee or she was She a- was his patient. Oh, okay. And we left together two weeks later and I ended up moving. <laughs> it's so crazy. I ended up moving to Indiana. I moved in with her. My parents arm were like track marked arm. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Does that happen a lot? Is there a lot of fucking Yes, there must a be, right? lot. You need to fill the hole. Oh my God. Do you know how many people go to rehab and have relationships? It's very very common. Plus, it's like spiritual, and you're like coming coming to a new place in your oh, life. Oh yeah, together. and you're vulnerable, and then you you know it's like that. The whole thing with addicts, and I love this expression, is like there's four garbage cans and three lids. Like there's always one addiction brewing. Yeah. Like when I'm you know not fooling around a lot, or I'm you know I, I'm I'm not doing drugs, I'm not drinking, and then I'm on a cruise ship, I'm gonna gamble. Right, if I'm right, not right, working right, right. on shit, I'm gonna start doing something to but, fill that hole. This is guy Argus Hamilton in the in the comedy store in LA, mm-hmm. and he was like, lost everything on coke. He was like, kind of in line to be like considered for the Tonight Show. Um, I know that name. I yeah, remember. yeah. He's on for a bunch, but then you know, coke drove it out. But uh, he he just runs now. That's all he does is run all the time. Right. And and he was like, I just it gave me the fucking you know the high I needed. Yeah, people get that way with exercise. They get that way with comedy. Like I know a lot mm-hmm. of comics who are sober, but they. Uh, literally do 25 spots a week to run from it yeah wow because it's not the it's not the it's not the substance it's the mindset it's the disease of the mind yeah because like gamblers if they win big say they win 10 grand you know in a they night still where it's like don't, wow, it's it doesn't like, even now i'm betting two thousand a hand that ex- that's right to... because you want kind of want to lose it you want to damage yourself oh anyway the yeah. new special is out <laughs> december 6th <laughs> I was like, I'll talk to myself uh, because of that fucking technique we were talking mm-hmm. about. 
It is a fucking cool technique. I like when I see a comic do something that it's like, huh, I haven't thought of that as a way to deliver lines, you know? There's like a few- it's hard because some people don't really don't get it yeah. at all um, because they have never been to therapy or looked at themselves and they're fucking dumb. I mean, yeah. seriously. So they don't get it when I turn around and have a whole conversation with myself. I mean, it's long. It like, is. Conversations aren't just like stupid and then right back. No, no, because they're... I think it's funnier when they're longer that yeah. I'm literally processing a whole thing in my head. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. Gaffigan used to have the thing where you talk as the audience. And which always made me laugh. Yeah, that was great. What is he even doing? Does he still do that? I don't know. I haven't really seen much of him. I think he does. That's another one of those like, oh, fucking good technique. No one else has that. Well, he, that always, when he did that, I would die laughing. And then he would comment on the comment. It's like, but why is he the one talking to himself? So why does he keep doing this voice when he's the one doing it? You sound exactly like him. (laughs) Yeah, I turn around and motivate myself and have a conversation, and then I end it usually with something really negative that I've done. What the fuck is wrong? But you fully turn away. I turn my back with the audience. Yeah, I go into a ball. It's great. It was weird on the Tonight Show, but I loved that it was so weird. Why? Because if you're at home watching that, it, half the people were like, wow, that's so interesting that she, but half people who don't, they're not introspective like that. They're like, what is this girl doing? Why is she yeah. having a conversation with herself? They don't get it. But those are the people, by the way, those people who don't get it, the people who leave angry are the ones who make it enjoyable for the ones who do get it and the ones who don't leave angry. A lot of times people will send me messages and say, when you did that and people were staring at you, it made me laugh so hard because it's so funny to watch people just look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, people like, and now I've been it? commenting on what people look like. You know, the guy in the front is definitely judging you because he, you know, he's been judging you the whole time. Like I have these whole conversations. <laughs> you know, I just remember right now something that you said so fucking funny. It was um, some show in the village underground and you asked some lady up front like, <laughs> so oh, no. it was so great no it was good um, she was you were like what do you do for a living and she, you know how sometimes in the audience people like want to be more of a center of attention than they are or they want to make a joke yeah like, always oh, wouldn't you like to know well, that's like what that. they do on Jewish shows oh right and it's like what do you do uh, it's my secret yeah and so she goes uh, she goes do you really want to know and you were like not really <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you're like, no, I, uh, I was just no. trying to make conversation. Yeah. No, actually. And they just moved on. It was so fucking I great. don't. I don't care. I really go up hating them. It's horrible. <laughs> Do you? What? I go up defensive. I don't like the audience. Not as much audio. as you. Sometimes I, I get to hate them. If I see it, like enough of them talking to themselves or acting like they're better than it, then I'm just like, fuck all of you. Even but you go the- up like being okay with them and wanting to make them laugh. Like, what do you feel when you go on stage? I'm just curious. Generally. Yeah. It's a like, no, this will be cool. This will be fun. We're all oh, here wow. For a good time. Okay. That's good. Yeah. And then when they're just too, like, better than it, even if it's not most of them, if it's enough of them, I'm I just know. Like, I'm just a scorched earth. Fuck all of you. Yeah, I know, you know. I know. Cause then you get, like, you feel vulnerable. I guess. It's just like, I just hate that we're better than you. Like, or you talk to someone in the crowd and they turn to their friend and like, yeah, 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 and they kind of laugh like, hey, hey, what are you doing? I know. You I'm always like, why off. don't you try this? Why yeah. don't you come up here and try this? Because you're making it sound so easy. You, yeah. you Really. If you know more than me, come up here and tell a joke. And then they'll be like, yeah, you'd like that. And then their friend laughs. And I'm like, that's when I'm just like, get out. I just want, I just kick them out sometimes. I'm just like, get out. I and think then the I've door guys are like, that. what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. They're a horrible person. I don't want them here. You know what I did? <laughs> um, I was at the um, uh, stand up, not stand up New York, New York Comedy Club. Yeah. 
And there was this guy. Fuck, who's the giant? Do you go there much? You don't. Yeah, I mean, I like that. I like New York Comedy Club. There's a giant white bouncer. He's like, I know exactly 30. who you're talking yeah. about. And uh, I was going to the bathroom. And he was talking to some like bro dude, like five six, you know, frat kind of guy. And he was like, no, just shut up. Fine, just go in. And I asked him later. He was like, what was it? Because he was just yelling at people like, yeah, you're hot to the girls. And I told him to shut up. And he was like saying like, well, thank you for talking to me man to man. And he goes, dude, I don't want to have this conversation. Just go in and shut up like everyone else. It's fine. And the guy's like, well, I appreciate it. He's like, all right, I'm done. Just go in and shut yeah. up. And then like, I was like, Ugh, people are awful. And then like five minutes later, the guy storms down the hallway and starts to leave. And that bouncer's now by the front. Door, you know, with the, the pane of, of glasses, mm -hmm. not the one on 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 Fourth uh, Street, but the one up on Gramercy. Mm -hmm. And uh, he goes, "You leaving?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm leaving." And he's like, "Why?" He's like, "Cause of you." To the, and he just points to the bouncer. It's just coke, I think. And uh, and he was like, "Me? What did I do? I I let you go back in. It was fine." And he started yelling, and they had this popcorn there. I'm eating popcorn. And I'm watching it. And then I so, <laughs> so I'm just like popcorn. this, you know, and watch it. And I look, you know, like you probably. I love drama. So anytime oh, of course, out, like, like a, a great car accident. I mean, that's like the best. Yeah, yeah. so this five, six frat guys yelling at this 300-pound bouncer, and then <laughs> I just took two pieces of popcorn and I just threw it at him <laughs> right in his face. Two colonels, that hit him, and he just goes, and he looks, and he starts to smile. I was like, all right, that was funny. I was like, get out. And he was like, what? I'm like, get the fuck out, dude. You're an awful person. Get out. We don't want you here. And he, then he got real mad at me. And he was like, let's go outside. I'm like, no, thanks. And he goes, oh, yeah, you're real tough behind this fucking massive guy. I'm like, yes, I have a competitive advantage here. I know you're like, I am you. tough because this guy's standing in front of me. Yes. I would not do that if he would. Absolutely not. What are you talking about? It's like running off a screen in basketball. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I needed the screen. But uh, he got so mad. And then the waitress was like, did you throw popcorn at a guy? I'm like, yeah, we don't want him here. We don't want him here next time. He wasn't just too That's drunk. That's so it's funny. It reminds me of like something a teenager would do. I love it so much. <laughs> just some, two kernels. Yeah. Some people are just like, we don't ever want you back. The guy from Acme I heard does that when people are like, this person was offensive. He goes, okay, here's your money back. Never come back. And they're like, really? He's like, no, yeah, you just don't get comedy. Yeah, but okay, that's no awesome. Just, a comedy club does that. That's awesome. Yeah. Like they care more about you than the audience. That's very important. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like the best clubs do that. The best don't clubs you? do. Yeah. yeah. I won't work somewhere where there's no security or that people, they let people, I won't do it anymore. Or they'll say, sorry about that. As they're being thrown out, they'll say, sorry about that. Here's two free tickets. It's like, no, 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 no. I they know, were messing I know. up the show. Don't give them free tickets. Yeah, why are you, you're like, it's crazy. <sighs> oh God, I hate everyone. Yeah. Can we talk about your, your daughter for a little bit? Yeah, that's an upbeat subject. I know, but it's tough, I but I want to talk about of it. Of course. So I'm my very friend, open about do you know it. Steve Simone? I know the name. Okay. I don't know him. He's but a I... comic in LA. He's one of my best friends. We started comedy together. He's like oh, one of those Christians that don't bother you, you know? Yeah. Like the religious Christians are like, get out of my face. Like, stop. But he's not. He just leads by example. Yeah. And he does a ton of charity work at Children's Hospital LA. Wow. Yeah. He goes there and spends time with the kids oh. and takes them on field trips and he tries to raise money. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Just He's just a good, like, that's what I mean, like a good yeah. Christian, you know? Um. And so I've sort of become aware of Children's Hospital because of that. And your daughter's what what's 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 going on with her, first of all? Like how is she doing now? So I have four daughters. Oh Jesus. I know. Um I have a thirteen year old who is lives with my ex, but right near me. Uh and then I Zoe and then your I ex have what? my ex wife. Okay. Um, but it wasn't legal, but we had a big Jewish wedding. <laughs> I have such a crazy life. Yeah. And then I have a four year old Isabella. And Isabella was born with a very serious, rare heart disease called truncus arteriosus. 
and really rare. And um, basically her her heart is really screwed up. Like there's major problems. She it looks like a like a mangled trunk. That's why they call it that. So there's like valves missing oh, and really? yeah, it's bad. So basically we knew she had it. And uh, we had to make a decision what we wanted to do, and we decided to. We knew she had it in the womb. Isn't that crazy? They saw it in the womb. So it's wait, insane. So you had to make a decision what you want to do. You mean like keep her or not? Her, you know, right? So we kept her. Thank God. Why? What was the reasoning there? Um, not, not that it's bad. Because I mean, like, they can be born with severe medical problems and deformities, and I can't even tell you how many things they said she could have had, which she doesn't have any. Thank God. Like she's, you couldn't, would never even tell by looking at her that she has heart disease. Wait, what do you mean she could have been born? Like some, she, I, she it, could have been born with like, you know, cleft lip or like really tiny. Oh, you mean in general. Or, right. Okay. Yeah, so in addition like, to the heart stuff. Isabella, they said like she might also have that stuff. Yes. So why did you not get rid of her? Because um, there was a better chance that she wouldn't have any of those things. It okay. was more of like this could happen, that could happen, but it's rare. And um, we just both came to the decision to do that. And it was so, it was a while into the pregnancy. It wasn't like in the first two, it was in like the almost six month. Oh. It was crazy. So, um, and it, we both just, our guts, everything told us to just do it. And so we had the whole surgery, the surgery, everything set up. I mean, can you imagine she's pregnant with a baby and knows that the baby has to have open heart surgery? So when she was uh, eight days old, she had open heart surgery. So we were at the hospital for a long time. Eight and days old? Eight days. And it was supposed to be like right when she was born, but there were all these kids that had to have it immediately. This is true. She started turning yellow. And I said, you're fucking operating on my child tomorrow morning or we have a major problem. Because they kept taking these other kids in. You know, well, this one has, I'm like, no, she has a major heart problem. She needs surgery. So they had to, they tried to repair the trunk, the like mangled trunk part and put mesh there so that it would stop leaking and stuff and it, they couldn't. And then they added a, um, a valve, a fake valve, which is a cow's jugular. Um, to make a very long story short, she was okay after that. But then like we have to take her every four to six months. As a surgeon at this point, has he ever done something like this before? Oh my God, this is the best surgeon in the world. There's people that come from every country to go to him. Really? He's amazing. New York? Yep. Columbia Children's Hospital. Sometimes. He's like, I mean, the whole entire waiting room was filled with people from all different countries, Israel, everywhere. And um, he's the best. His name is Dr. Basha. And uh, he wanted to do it because it's so rare. Like, we had to meet with him before and try to sell to him to do it. Because that's how, it's so crazy. But it's rare because then it's like, this will be cool. Like, from his point of view, like, I know. this will be cool. That's the way he's thinking. Yeah. So, then you have to take wow. them every four to six months. And, like, you know, we took her and the the, the stent was um, clogged, the fake, the fake tube. So, they had to put a stent in. So, what does that do when it clogs it? They had to go through her groin and put a stent into her heart. Isn't that crazy? Wow. And open up the tube. And then, like a year later, we took her and they're like, we have to do open heart again. And I'm like, when, oh when my they tell God. You, at eight days old, and then every time after that, what do they tell you like the chances of 
not survival. This is the most amazing thing. You never know when she's going to need surgery again, and you never know when she'll need a stent or anything. And you just literally, I have to not think about it because if you think about it every day, you don't not have you don't have a life. Right. So she has a normal life. You wouldn't. If, I'm telling you by looking at her, she's stunning child. She's grown. She's but she has major scars, yeah. and she's had she's had. <laughs> it's so crazy when I really when I talk about it I'm like I cannot believe what I've been through because then a year and a half ago she had another open heart surgery and she was you know major like they had to open up her chest again and the whole thing like not just you know they had to break her open Jesus and she was recovering and uh, my whole family was there and Danielle's whole family was there and I had a big show at the cellar. It was my show. And they're like, go down to the show. Go do your show. She's stable. She's okay. I'm like, no, no, no. And I I went to go do the show and I was in the cab and my sister called me and she's like, you need to turn around immediately. She's in trauma. I was like, what? So I called the comedy cellar and I said, I can't, I can't come. I have to go run back to the hospital. And she's she, like, this is not right. I yeah, don't she, care for this. She's like, you don't get spots for two months. <laughs> like, please, Esty, it's a major like thing. Like, my daughter can, is being ripped up. Can you find another comic in New York on a day's notice? I don't... Ugh. Can I do FaceTime from the emergency? <laughs> so this is unbelievable. They had wired her chest shut, her bones. That's how major it is. Jesus. And they nicked her inside. So she was bleeding internally. So she turned white. Her blood pressure went to really low. She had to have two blood transfusions at the hospital bed, and we had to take her back down to get another open heart surgery. Can you believe that? She had two in one day. Wow. Crazy. It's got to be the record, right? It's got to at least tie for the record. I think tie. I mean, how would you have three? How would yeah. you have three? There's no time for that. Yeah. I mean, taking her down... I've said this to a lot of people, taking your child, your young child down to the emergency room and yeah. having to wear that outfit and having to put a mask on their face is the most traumatizing thing I've ever been. There's nothing worse. I've done it like probably eight times now because she has to have it when she gets testing now too because she moves around and she gets anxious and freaks out. She's traumatized. Yeah. So it's hard. You know, it's really... It's hard for me when I do shows and I see how miserable a lot of people look. And I, I've said it on stage so many times. Go up to the children's hospital and sit in the lobby for five fucking minutes and then look this miserable. Because life could be a lot worse yeah. than sitting in a comedy club. There's a quote I like to say. I think it was Mark Twain. But it's, it says, comparison is a thief of joy. Like you're doing good, but then you oh, see someone else so... like doing better. You're like, damn. It's like, but you were doing fine. That's a great quote. Yeah. This is the opposite. Yeah. Where it's almost like comparison will actually help you be fine. If That's you look true. At someone worse than you, you're like, oh. I do that I'm a lot. Good. What do you mean? I see people are like, this is horrible. How do you even live? I said, because I have seen more children die. I mean, I'm at the top, besides Boston Children's, I mean, I'm at the top children's hospital in the world. I have seen the most horrific, I've seen babies die. You're I've like, been there for months at a time. I've seen, I've been sitting next to parents who have gotten news like in front of me. I mean, it's horrible. What's so that? it's like I have a major problem, but she had there's a solution, right? Like she has to have more open heart surgeries, but she can she'll be okay. She will be okay. Yes, like the doctors totally think she'll be fine, but it's gonna be a hard road because eventually your heart grows to a certain point. I don't know if you knew that. I never knew that. Uh -uh. And you don't like once it grows to a certain point, she's not gonna need a lot of surgeries after that because 
now when her heart keeps growing, they it grows out the tubes. It grows out the artificial tubes that are in it. It's fascinating. Uh, so it like it's like a um, on a tree when you like splice. Mm-hmm. one tree into another and then it becomes like one thing it's yeah, exactly like, like it starts now. growing right because you're not outgrowing the device but she needs that whole that whole trunk yeah. that's damaged she needs that replaced and that's a major over and issue. over again or just like no she needs one but it's like they're waiting as long as they can to do that why because, because it's a grow. major operation Damn. it's you know they want her to be as big as she can be and strong yeah, but it's like look at these people in other in other country. Like they don't even have a hospital. It, They're just done. Yeah, the babe, the kid dies. That's it. What what is um? I got a couple questions, but like mm-hmm. one, when you're going into these things, no, I'll ask this other one first. When you see people get told their kid's gone, mm-hmm. what 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 are like what are they? How do they say it? Like you're. I'm, <laughs> Well, there was a horrible thing because this ba- this woman came from Israel, and she was uh, and her husband couldn't come with her at the time. I don't remember. Oh, they had a ton of other kids. There was a whole thing with him, so she was by herself. Now Danielle and I. This is so interesting. So we're a gay couple, and it was over Shabbat. So she, we had to turn the device on for her, her pumping machine. It was like a whole thing. This this Israeli woman, mm-hmm. and she was ultra orthodox. By the way, just so you know. You're not allowed to turn it on. It's got to be a goy. No, Danielle turned it on. Boom. Then it I wasn't then allowed. It yeah. yeah, she yeah. wouldn't let, she asked Danielle to do it. Yeah. So Danielle did it. And anyway, we became, you know, we said to her, if you need anything, we had her sit with us. I mean, she was very uncomfortable, but I wore a big Jewish star at that time. So she would always, I remember she would always look at my star, star like to, I guess it made her somewhat feel connected to me. And uh, her child was not okay. Like, it was not a good situation. You know, with us, there was always hope. And uh, the baby was next to Isabella in the same unit, like right near her. And so it was not looking good, and she was crying to us. And then at some point, the doctor just came out and said, can I talk to you? And it was like 10 feet from us. You know, some of them don't take you in another room. They don't. It depends who the doctor is. It's not always the case where they take you to a private area. And he told her, and she was just, she fell to the ground. And I mean, I've seen that. I've seen someone hear that their baby's dead. And then they wouldn't let us in the room for like hours. And I'll never forget, I walked in, and next to Isabella was this empty space. I'll never forget this. And there were like some plastic things on the floor. And I was thinking, oh my God, there was a human there. It was the weirdest thing. It was like, it was just empty and quiet and like, there's this human here and now the human's gone. Fuck. And this woman was alone. And so she had to fly home or? Well, I think her mother was on her way. Yeah, her mother was on her way to come meet her. But yeah, the people, you know, when you're in those situations, and I know a lot of people listening to this are going to understand because of a parent or a sibling or a husband or white, whatever. When you're in that kind of situation in the hospital, you are literally on another planet. Like you feel like you're not even in the world. It's like you're thinking no one knows what's going on right now in this world. Like in every hospital, there is so much going on, so much pain and sorrow and great things. And 
yeah, it's just amazing, also. right? There's births, there's deaths, there's people get, you know, they, they, they die and they come back to life, whatever it oh, is, but it's like, back. yeah, it's, it's like crazy. Ways. And it's like, we're just living our lives, running around, trying to get a cab, da, da, da. And there is major shit going on in these buildings. It's so, it's so interesting to me. Yeah. Life changing, like biggest moment of your when life. When I'm things. in it, I am in it. And it's, it's, ve- and then I have to perform because I'm the breadwinner because Danielle stopped working. She had a really good job, but she stopped working to take care of Isabella. So I had to, I had to make money. I didn't have a choice. I had to make money. Damn. So, um, I would have to go on the road and do these things when like my kid is in the hospital. I mean, it's been crazy. It has. Do you schedule road gigs around surgeries? Well, we don't know when the surgeries are. Like we just took her and they said she's doing well. You know, she has leaking. She's on medication twice a day for the rest of her life. But they said you can come back in six months, which was great news. Because sometimes it's like you need to come in next week and and get something done. Um, but the next time she goes in, they have to put like the ink in her, the dye, and so they can see the contrast and stuff, which she's never had. So then we have to put her under again. She has to stay overnight. It's she a must whole. Hate it. She must. Well, see now it. it's start. really a problem because she relates that to like. It's bad. horrible. Yeah. You know, she's so. I children from trauma. It's very interesting. Like there's things I pick up on that Danielle doesn't because I grew up with a mother who's a therapist. I was always in therapy, and I'm very like sensitive that way so there's things that isabella will get scared of and fearful of that i know have to do with her surgeries and her health stuff what do you mean like what just being scared to do certain things like danielle's very you know she's tough she's like come on you can do it get on that thing and i'm like no it's this is from the trauma like she'll shake her mouth will shake you know she's scared damn i know that's the worst part for me is the emotional trauma. Seeing her not be normal. It's horrible. That's the, because physically she's okay. She goes to school, runs around, she's, plays, she's normal. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, if you looked at her again, you would never know she has a problem. Yeah, but it's like if you ever see like a rescue dog when they're like, they've been beaten. It's the same kind of thing. They're like, they're like, there's something like, you drop keys around them and they freak out. And that, like, what is it's in like there? like loud sound, yeah, like, um, oh my God, like our fire alarm would go off a lot in the building yeah. and it's so loud and she would freak the fuck out and the rest of the yes sisters. and that's like i put two in because in the hospital eh, eh, like all day and night so i re- i get it oh damn mm-hmm. what are the what are her siblings like how are they with it well she has two we i have two babies i have twins i have oh <laughs> i have five month old twins and she's in heaven with them she has like two dolls it's adorable. Her little yeah, she siblings. loves having little sisters. They're full blood. Um, my wife had them also. We had a donor, so same donor. And, oh, I um, thought lesbians got pregnant by Munch and Box Extra Heart. <laughs> oh, I not? would have gotten so many women so pregnant. If- <laughs> like you go in there like rigid tone. Well, I always say I'm good at that because I'm an eater. I mean, if you're an eater, you're very good at doing that. Like, yeah, of course, you know. Favorite. Are you are yeah. you an eater? I mean, you know, you just know yeah, how to eat. Yeah. yeah. So it's, <laughs> I've been with some women who are like, I'll just have the salad and they suck at it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Don't nibble, you cunts, fucking get in there. Yeah, I mean, I say even with sucking dick, I was good because I like that feeling like that, you know, like I'm a binge eater. So I. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you, <laughs> when you, uh, when you're putting on the mask after having seen people, you know, like that Israeli woman, what percentage of you is like, Oh, this might be it. 
You mean when I'm putting the mask on her? Or on yourself to go into that room. Or yeah, or on her. Well, putting it on her is fucking horrific. But putting it on myself is just, it's really, it is, it's heavy. It's heavy shit. Like Danielle and I are covered from head to toe in like all this, you know, a gown and the shoes and stuff on my head, whatever. But having to hold her down, I mean, I know this is probably horrible for people to hear, but it is what happens and it's common. And putting a mask on her to, to put her under yeah. with her screaming is oh, it's traumatic. Damn. It's horrible. And she also like, this is what I mean, like she talks about the smell a lot. She's like, smell? Mama, I don't, I don't like the smell of the mask because it has this chemical uh, smell. So she thinks about the smell sometimes. Weird. Lately, I she's been doing this thing with me where we lay in bed and we pretend like we're being playing doctor, but she'll like, she'll have me lift up her shirt all the way up, which is interesting because she has a huge thing with lifting up her shirt. Like even when she goes to just get tested and there's no shots, there's nothing. She has trauma with if, if the doctor lifts up her shirt. Why? Because that means like her, it's her heart. It's going to be exposed and she, there's something's going to happen. And But lately she's been doing that with me and it's interesting. Like pretend like you're doing doctor with me, and I'll go. Do, 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 like, and then she's not scared. Yeah, she's it seems not like scared. It's probably pretty good. So relate that same. I know. I was thinking to... that might be a good thing that she's doing that with me lately, and then she'll do it to me, and yeah, I'll tickle her, and she'll laugh, and she's an amazing kid. I mean, how come your chest looks different than my chest? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ma bumps, Mama. Mama, why do you have tumors? <laughs> <laughs> do massive tumors? No, there's there's um like Rachel Feinstein, like there's comics who've been around Isabella who've seen her who've like seen the whole journey and they're like she is unfucking believable like she just she's really amazing she has like these sparkly eyes she's just a warrior I call her a warrior she it's, she's unbelievable a warrior or a yeah war a warrior like she she fights through every I mean the shit she's been through already yeah, it's incredible yeah. I wonder if that's gonna like as an adult make her like super resilient or like damaged. I hope so I know I that I'm telling you that's my biggest thing. Yeah. I don't when you have kids the biggest fear is that they're going to be damaged, especially when you are. Like I don't want her to go through the stuff I go through. Yeah, not to mention just like how do you not fuck up a kid? I hear this thing when when my friend Joe had a kid, I was like, "Aren't you worried about like fucking it up?" He's like, "No, I'm like, no, I mean just mean like you're watching a football game mm -hmm. as she's reading like Teen Beat and and she sees Justin Bieber as you're like, "Fuck you" to the screen. And she's like, "Well, I'll never have a relationship now." It's normal. Well, I think there's no way you can fuck up your kid in some way. You yeah. can't. There's no perfect parenting. It's insane. Yeah. So like, and then this on top of that is like. But you... she does have, look at the, like, she is so, like, she has the most loving parents. Her, her, she has such huge families on both sides. Everyone is so loving. I mean, thank God. There's kids who have no, you know what I think about all the time is what? these kids with fucked up parents like on drugs or poor or don't even take care of them can you imagine with those kind of health problems damn what those kids go through damn i think about that a lot because i yeah. see that a lot in the hospital too what? like what just kids that have never had visitors they're you know their parents are fucked up it's horrible that's, that's what simone says like a lot of these parents are like uh, they were poor to begin with and insurance in America is pretty terrible. Yeah, we always have huge bills. Like, Atel always wants to do a show for me and raise money. I just, I can't do it. Really? But, I mean, unless I, like, had to. Yeah. 
But yeah, I can't imagine parents who would have like shitty insurance and yeah, and, or it's just like, well, I, I got to take off work to go down there. So like now That's I'm out, now thing. I'm out of a day of work that I need that day of work, and so they're just like poor. That's what he raises money for, not so much for the hospital bills, but to like send them to Disney World. Oh, have some sort of I normal pizza party, some shit yeah. like that, where they can like have a normal life, a toy drive. Oh, these children's hospitals are unbelievable. The, the people that work there are, they're literally saints. Like, I don't know how they do. I'm, I, I, I really, when people say, I don't know how you're a comedian, I'm like, um, I don't know how someone deals with sick children. I know. There's nothing worse than that. There isn't. Jesus. And What's they, worse than that? Because it's like they're the defenseless ones. Oh, and there's people, there's kids who are there for a year or two. Yeah. I remember, like, uh, I, I remember we went to there. We went to the ice, pediatric ICU, yeah. and then we went back like a year later, and the same kid was there and like walking around. Now I w- I couldn't believe the kid was still there. Wow, just like constant treatments. Yeah, and then there's like all kinds of situations, like the kid's heart is on the other side of its chest or it's face the other way. I mean, people don't realize that, or they're born with half a heart or. No, it's insane. Like the things that people go through are so crazy. And if they're there, that means the the medical people are trying. They're like, we can do this. They're trying as hard as they can. I don't know how they deal with it with kids who are done. I don't get it. I really don't. I could never. What do you think they do? You think they just like compartmentalize and just be like, these are just like animals, not animals. They do. I I think you have to separate. I think it's like cops. You have to literally just separate what's going on from reality you have to right otherwise how you'll do you feel, deal with that like every time there's a there's a medical drama and then i was like i lost one today i'm so mad and i've talked to all my doctor friends like we never do that i know i've talked it's to like them you, so many times you lose they them all the time you, you you can't let those in yeah they 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 actually hate those shows really? doctors hate those the drama you know the dramas on tv because it's so not real and, and then they're dealing with the family can you imagine crying and scared and and having uh, to tell this no family. i don't i don't know how they do it and having to tell this family and like i gotta do this now because i gotta get to somebody else so i don't have time to fucking sit with you for an hour and a half right like if somebody else needs me it's like I, I wouldn't know if i'd rip the band-aid off or call a pastor in with me or like a lot of times they call a pastor or a rap or someone in with them wow a lot damn there are a lot of clergy in the hospital that come around they they were there a lot wow for us yeah so many suffering kids and for the catholics so many kids in general um, yeah um damn yeah i wouldn't i wonder if they train them for that they must right they have to if you're going to lose people here's how you or here's they are techniques. so amazing these people how loving they are. Can you imagine with babies? You know, babies need so much care. They, they do all the mothering stuff. Yeah. They 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 burp mean? them. They feed, you know, the they, these are babies, the nurses. Oh, and they're in there and they need So like, it's like, it's not just taking care of. They need to also just be held. Exactly. Like those They need the to be held. They need to be wrapped up and yeah, certain things like we had all these things in the baby cribs all the time and little, you know, little stuffed animals and little things. She, she still has all her stuff that Damn. she had. Yeah. God, it's fucking nuts. I know. How, how What's the food like? Well, I mean, the one place in New York, they have they, a lot of them have like an Obo pan or, you know, a place oh. where you can go down. They're open 24 hours. That's and, not bad. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of Orthodox go to the one in the city because they have uh, an elevator or Shabbat, you know, they. Shabbat elevator. Yeah, they, like they cater to. The, yeah. Side. So, um, and they have kosher food there. They have a kosher kitchen. They, there's so many Jews going. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. 
It's actually pretty nice. It's also a really beautiful thing to see all these families come together that are from all these different, right? Who normally would like, never. don't talk to that goy. Never. That, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, and, they'd have Danielle turn on the equipment. They would never talk to her. And it's such a similar situation. I, and it's weird how you, you get broken down to that level. They're like, we just, we, it's almost like, I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, but like, we don't have time to hate these people anymore. No, it's, it's very boat. true. There were human beings and we need to come together. It's like if there was an emergency yeah. somewhere, people would just come together. We're going to be like, I'm not going to help that person because yeah. they're black or they're this or they're that, you know. I imagine like, except my dad, sometimes like the, the community fights, you know, they'll have mm -hmm. somebody who's like, you can't cut through my yard to go to shul. And then everyone will fight and everyone will be arguing. And it's like, and then imagine like the Holocaust, you know, when you're, I know, camp, isn't that incredible? Like, no, you're the one who wouldn't let me. It's just like, no, no come on, we all need Yeah, bread. yeah. I mean, that's how most people survive. I mean, that's how anyone survived. Yeah. They, they did it with the help of other people. Yeah. It's amazing how everybody comes together and the anger comes when like you don't have strife. Yeah. Exactly. They asked that lady who helps run Myanmar uh, mm -hmm. on Sang Suki. They asked her a long time ago, like, are you a feminist? And she goes, oh, we don't have any time for feminism right now. We're trying to like get the thumb of the army off us. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe in the future we can do that. But right now we're just trying to get free. Just survive. Right. Yeah. Well, that's how it is in a children's hospital. Damn. Like I loved bringing in food for everyone and giving people a leftover. You know, it was real. It's nice. It's you want to help these people. People are sleeping on chairs and are sofas. Really? I mean, like it's like all a, night? crazy. It's like a war zone. How long do these surgeries last? Oh, my God. I mean, eight, ten hours a lot of them when it comes to heart. And you don't yeah. know going in. It's not like you can leave and come back. Like you, No, you we no don't go anywhere. Danielle and I always stay in a, a hotel right by Columbia mm -hmm. because I'm not leaving. We want Columbia Hospital? Yeah, so we'll stay in like a hotel near there even if we, we stayed for a month once. Damn. Just so we could walk to and from the hospital. Um, by the way, thank God it's Columbia now and not Columbia 20 years ago in that neighborhood. I know. Borderline. I know. It's like I go to see my daughter and I'm shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we would we slide we, over. I'm coming into yeah, yeah, right. Mama's now laying in bed. You yeah, hold my hand. Right. So uh, we would we'd stay there and go see her. And but the great thing is when you have a kid and you can go see them 24 hours. So with adults you can't always do that, but with kids you can. Because they need you there. Mm -hmm. They want their parents to be there with them. Damn. Which one is the best one? In the you said Boston. It's like the best. I think well, well the Columbia is the i think the only one who has a pediatric heart unit meaning like this unit that isabella goes to is just for heart patients it's amazing oh so they don't have to like worry about like it's nothing else shit. it's just they've specialized in heart conditions that's great it's unreal look at what this guy does on operates a on baby's heart tiny heart god damn what it's amazing I was doing crowd work and this lady, I was like, what are you guys trying to do this? And this is one lady was like next year, right? And she was like, I'm going to go to medical school. And I was like, oh, that's cool. What, do, what, what are you going to specialize in? She's dermatology. And I'm like, why? Why would that be your dream? <laughs> when you have you a make, guy like this. tons of money. Yeah, dude. maybe. But when you have a guy who's like, I want to save babies who have broken hearts. I'll and you're yeah, like, I want to clear up skin. There were like 20 of us in the waiting room when she had her first surgery. And we both have very supportive families, thank God. And I'll never forget Dr. Bashi came out and he like took his mask off and his hat and he went, we put two thumbs up and we all just started bawling because we didn't know, know what's going to happen to her. Jeez. Had no idea. It was the first time I, anyone was going in to see it. Wow. So you might have been like, what? 
That's it, I guess. Yeah, you know, you know what's hard. I never wanted kids for this reason. That, that, I'm very up. honest about it because something might happen to one of them, and then I'm, and then I have a child with heart disease. So it's kind of like it's a joke. Yeah, because this is literally the reason why I always had a concern about having a child. Downsy kids. Because right? I can't handle. Yeah, I can't yeah. handle it. That's I the can't. So what if I have handle having a child that has a problem? And now it's what happened. <sighs> so it's like what I have to deal with it. Yeah, is she developing? Like how is Every, she perfectly? She is. Thank if not God. For the scars, like you wouldn't. Could you know? Yeah, and they're not? so light now. But when they do another one, they have to go in the same scar. They go in the same yeah. scar. But I mean, like emotionally and like her, her verbal skills and shit like that. She's is it all? so smart. She's great in school. Yeah. She's social. Oh, she she that's has. Great. Yeah, she oh, really great. has no other issues. She that's great. She's a little fearful and wants to be around mommy a lot, you know. But that's okay. Yeah. Not to a point where it's like, you got to start weaning her off. No, 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 no. And she's very with it. She's smart. She knows when she's just great. She really is a special kid. Fuck. Yeah. That'd be my fear too. It's like, what if something goes wrong? Then I got to do this. That's not the, I mean, that's not the dream you have when you're like, I want a kid. The no. dream is not like being in a hospital. Yeah. All the time. And how do you move on when your kid dies? I mean, Really? How do you move? How would anybody move on when your kid? Because and you have to when you have other kids. You don't have a choice. So I guess if you don't have anything else to live for, you're like fuck it. I just can't imagine. That's why I'm so. I think also like not that anyone is okay with it, but like the school shootings and all this. I, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine what these people go through. I really. So, and also, that's not even like. Well, it's just gonna have heart problems. It's just no. like you go to school normal one day. Yeah. And it's like, what do you mean he's gone? Gone. Oh, where? oh God. It's just I mean, I I got in touch with the guy, Fred Guttenberg, Who's that? who lost his daughter Jamie in Parkland. She was shot. Really? And I was on Twitter with him and he reminded me of this Jewish guy. Like he just reminds me of everyone I grew up with in New Jersey. And I contacted him and I said, I I don't know what it is. I feel like I have to do something for you to raise money for you. He's the guy that like I was at the Kavanaugh hearing and went to shake Kavanaugh's hand and he turned away. I don't know if you remember that. Barely. He turned He's very vocal about gun lobbying and like all that shit. I guess the only way he can survive is to make it his life's work is to try and against gun control. Well, he went to the hearings and said my he's he's, he came to the cellar actually to see me. We become good friends. And he said every time he meets someone, he stands and says, my name is Fred Guttenberg. My daughter, Jamie, was shot and killed in Parkland. And that's his his intro to every single person. And he said it to Kavanaugh and he went "Mm," and just turned around and walked away. Who did Kavanaugh did? mm -hmm. Why? Um, I guess he just didn't want to hear it at the hearings. I, I don't know. It was in D.C. when he was going through that um, stuff, you know, when he was with all the women accusing him of stuff. And They made that about women, but I remember, like, people going, like, oh, no, he's super into, like, uh, accepting, like, uh, NSA surveillance of, of citizens and shit like that. Oh, yeah. They were like, here are the reasons you should be against them. Yeah, though there's a lot of reasons. Yeah, and they all made about one thing, so nobody remembers all the other things. I'm wondering why Kavanaugh would, what would he be against? Well, he's, he's definitely for gun, yeah. you know, uh, whatever. I, I mean, anyway, so, and Fred's not saying you should get rid of guns. He's just saying there needs to be more regulation. regulation. So, so uh, I got in touch with him and I'm actually doing a benefit for him on February 19th in South Florida to raise money for his daughter's organization with Brewer. Because I was like, God. I have to do something. Yeah. His daughter was running away and was shot in the back and killed. Jesus. She was a dancer. You got to see this girl. She was stunning. 
just a great kid. And by the way, he did my podcast, but one of the things he said is, I don't know if you, Biden flew to Florida and met with him, whatever people want to say about Biden, whatever. He literally flew to Florida to meet with Fred privately and talk to him about his situation and when you lose a child, how it's important, how it's important to work on your relationship, on your marriage, because most marriages end. Because it's It's horrible. What? How do you like? What do you this go dancing? Thing is always there. That's horrible. You ever see in the bedroom? I don't remember that it's a movie that came out the same year as um, A Beautiful Mind. It was I so, love maybe whatever, but like um, it was fine except it's like just play fancy music and everyone claps and you're crying. You're like, but what? I know. I think I just anything. needed to cry. But it was about that about Sissy Spacek, I think, and and um, and I forgot who the father was. You know, losing a kid, and then it's just like the relationship. I think I saw like that. No longer mm-hmm. any sort of relationship. You can't. What are you going to have? Like, how do you even think about anything? Do those people at Children's Hospital? Do they ever get like the people who work there? Do they, mm-hmm. they ever get overwhelmed? Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah I wonder how. But they're mo- mostly kind and patient. They're they're saints because people drive them crazy because their kids are sick. Like. Of course, you lose your mind. You don't sleep for weeks. I mean, you lose your mind. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone's like, "My kid, do my kid right now," and you're like, "I, I I'm doing this." Other thing. I we did that a little. You know, that's also the Jewish thing. It's like come in immediately and fix this. Whereas Danielle's not people. like that at all. She's like, "They'll come in soon." I'm like, "No, they're gonna come in now." Right. Um, I had major stuff with the sounds, like I said before, the, because a lot of times the batteries oh. will be low, and you'll just hear this. Eh. Like this, and it just is so traumatizing to hear that when you're in that kind of situation. And they're used to it, so they don't even hear it, probably. Yeah, and I you're mean, just like get this off. Yeah, I mean, if I, <laughs> I've showed people pictures of Isabella when she's been in, you know, right after surgery, ever, and they're like, I, I, I have no idea how you've even dealt with this. It, it's insane. Christ. It's very, it's very, you know, I have bad anxiety, so it's like, yeah, it brings up a lot of shit when you're around that. Do they um? Does it affect your relationship with God at all? I don't know. I'm very grateful that I can look at other people and feel like I'm lucky. I know that sounds so crazy because of everything I'm saying. Yeah, but it I seems guess really negative. I've, but you're, like, no, when no, comparing it's it to like to no, the smaller see, group of people. You, like, I, I see guess kids with no legs and no. Yeah. I'm, I've seen the most horrible things. So I'm like, wait a second, she's okay. Like. She's okay. There's a there is a cure, right? She's gonna be okay. So I guess you know I I just always think it could be worse. I I um I've had to stay connected to God more through things like this. So I talk to God a lot more. Do when you I, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. How were you before with with God? I wasn't great. I it, it definitely connected me more because I uh, people are gonna, can say I'm crazy, whatever. When I have done that, I've been much more at peace. When you've done what? When I've connected to God and talked Pray. to God and prayed, I have been much more at peace with the whole thing. Well, they say the reason of prayer is for ourselves, yeah, not for God. God doesn't need our prayers. Exactly. So I do. I, just that connection and that just letting go and saying, please take care of this. Just it's kind of like I do that with stand up a lot. Like just take it from me because I will want to sabotage things and be miserable. I'm a very negative person. So please take this from me and just take what do you control. Mean take, this? take responsibility. Take this this take this whole entire situation. Just I'm giving it up to you and I can't deal with it. Does God ever talk back? 
I never understood when people say God. Talks no, back God's to me. never talked back to me. But I've noticed, like I said, when I, the more I connect to to whatever God is in that in the in the energy in the world, the more things work out for me, and the more at peace I am. Period. Yeah, it's about giving up control because I can't control this. I can only control her health problems so much. I'm not a doctor. I, I can't. What am I going to do? Yeah, I can the only stem fails. You're like, I, I, I can have done only fight for her and say this is what we need and make sure she gets her medicine. And but but that's as far as I can go. I can't. What else can I do? Damn. Yeah. I have no control except to be a parent and try to help her. Is this like what they tell you in in AA? We're mm-hmm. like, I'm powerless. Yeah, but I think that's, isn't that every, it's like every religion too. And I, you are powerless. Where like he's handling it, he's making the sun come up. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I resisted it for so long because it sounds so fucking crazy to me. It does, to me. But. Too, but I get it. But I've noticed when I do it, I feel a lot better. So whatever it takes, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to overanalyze it. Yeah. It's not a religious thing for me. It's a spiritual thing. I sound like an actress. <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. <laughs> I know. Like, I realized how little I am in the world and that I don't have the power to make things happen or I can only do so much. And that's very freeing. You ever take mushrooms? Oh, yeah. You ever get that feeling on mushrooms? Yeah, except there was a time I took too much and that was a disaster. Why? <laughs> because I saw too many things and it was very scary. And no, I'll like I never, never asked to sign for this. I never asked to see all this. No, it was very bad. Yeah. That's what I get a lot of times when I take a, a nice heavy dose, not yeah. too light and not crazy too much. But I get that thing of like, oh, I'm a speck of dust in, the, in, the, in a plane of time. Yeah, you but know? I love that. Yeah, I know. And so it's like, that's oh, I what, don't matter. Well, I, that's what I feel when I look at the ocean or think about the ocean or the planets or mountains. We are nothing. It took a billion years to form that mountain. <laughs> nothing. And I'm, I can't even, comp- next to it, I'm, I don't. I don't even appear on the map. Like That's what I'm saying. That's what I think of God. I don't think of like this religious, you know, I, I really think of just, it's a big energy that is so much bigger than me. An eternity or something. Yeah. And just putting that energy into the world and saying, just take it, take it from me. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I don't care. Yeah. 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 The ocean is incredible to me. That's what I like about the program when they tell you to take a high power and like it can be anything. It doesn't have to be God. It can be an ocean. Where it's it, like, it's just for too me, big it is. It's, for me, it's more nature than anything. Yeah. I'm obsessed with like the planets and all that shit. I just think it's fascinating. I mean, if you look at all the details of the moon and the sun, and I mean, and then we're thinking we have all this power. It's so crazy. Yeah. And like we're going to be gone. Like not just you and I are going to be gone. Humanity is going to be of gone. Of course it is. It's on the way be, fast. It's still going to be there. Yeah. It'll all still be there. The tides are still going to be moving. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, remember there were people on the the, the earth? We're like, no, when was that? Yeah. It's just, it's all going to blow up. Yeah. It it is. Faster probably every day. Um, Fuck. Yeah, man, I'm sorry you got to go through all that shit, but you you sound like you're dealing with it in such a great way. I feel like I am. I go into a little like, why me? You know, you? and then my mom, who's a therapist, is always like, "Why not you?" And I'm like, "Oh my God, you're so right!" Like, yeah, why? What, what are you? Why doing? not you? What is? Oh, what an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, hey, I mean, people lose their whole no. family in a car. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's people's parents are murdered. It's like, w- yeah, why, why would not? You be special. Yeah. Why, why, yeah. In what world would this? I guess would you I never thought I would deal with. You know, you just don't think. You don't know. 
Yeah. I love that quote, make plans and God laughs or whatever the quote is. It's something like that. I mean, who would have thought, I don't know how you feel, but I would have never thought I would have the life I have now when I was 20. This is like way off. I mean, a way mother off. and like. Way off. comedian. And when I told my parents I was in a relationship with a woman, my mom always says the thing she was most upset about is that she wouldn't have grandchildren, and now she has more with me than anyone. It's hilarious. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, she just said that yesterday to me. I could see my parents, if I came out ever, would, would be like, for that same thing. It's all like, about We'll never kids. have grandkids. I'm like, but I'm, I'm hetero, and you have no grandkids for me. <laughs> so <Right>. like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. That's probably their biggest thing. Grandkids. Yeah. They got it from the rest of them. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah. Me, they get travel stories, then they get the pictures. Yeah, I love that. I, I went home once and I counted around the house, um, 31 pictures of my of my niece, my first niece, oh. and uh, one of me. <laughs> and it was me holding uh, Ashley. That's <laughs> hysterical. Yeah. yeah, and I mentioned that like, ooh, shit, sorry. You were holding her. Yeah, I'm like, so I'm just in this, like on, on the side. Really, it's a picture of her. Yeah, they're obsessed with the grandkids. Right. Yeah, they can't get over it. Talking to Myself is uh, December yeah. 6th on Comedy Central, streaming on ComedyCentral.com. Everyone's fucking excited for you. Man, this is such a crazy thing, having to go through all this. How's your relationship with Danielle from this? It's good, but we work on it. I mean, it takes work. You yeah. know, while you're going through it, oh my God, it's real. Because people handle trauma so differently. Mm -hmm. She's very like... You know, she is a, a, a therapist who deals with uh, teenagers uh -huh. and, and uh, young adults, addicts, and people with behavioral problems kids with behavioral problems so she's very like get over it plow through which is good for me because i will wallow you will and go to the worst possible place and she goes to the best possible place what, what what's the what's even the if it's unrealistic like, oh she'll what? be fine it's all going to be fine like that's how she has uh -huh. to deal with it so everyone deals with things differently so and we have to be very patient with each other because there's a can be a lot of snippiness and fighting and arguing because you're both exhausted and scared and tense and it's not easy my god yeah my girlfriend came out once and i was i was uh she was just staying over and she had this big like art installation project and um they were working her nonstop just for like a two-week period you know and i came home and she's like come to bed sure and then i lay there for you know 45 minutes and just it wasn't gonna happen it was 11 30 you know i'm like i'm three and a half hours away from being tired so I laid there and then I got up and went outside and watched TV and stuff. And she come out, she goes, what are you doing? She got all mad at me. And I was like, babe, you're not mad at me. <laughs> like, I know you're not mad that's at me. That's hilarious. You're just mad at work. But yeah. Like, I'm not well, doing anything wrong. Well, that's right. You have to be really careful about obviously projecting all other things onto your relationship. Yeah. It's very hard when you're both de defeated, like just exhausted and filled with fear and have to make decisions and... I mean, especially for her, like carrying a child and then. How do you decide who gets it? In, in what way? In them. Who carries it? Oh, I never wanted to carry a child, ever. Not, never, li I've never once thought of carrying a it child. It seems disgusting. Horrible. Horrible. Like, this, it, it's like alien-like. Like there's like a growth in you. I can't even. Kicks and like, I mean, it is fascinating and I've seen, can you believe this? I've seen four children come into the world. I mean, I've stood You've there and watched like pop out. for the, what? it's unreal. Now from seeing it and knowing what they've gone through, I, I, I just never, also I feel male in a lot of ways. So it'd be very uncomfortable for me to have a, a baby inside of me. 
I, I would feel like I'm like, womanhood. oh yeah, it's weird. It would feel weird. Do you ever feel like, um, just getting away from children's hospital for a second, do you ever feel like less connection to the kid? Because never, it wasn't isn't that amazing? That's great. I have never once felt left, less connected. I literally feel like I had them and like we have the same blood. It's not even, there's no, that also I was like, am I going to feel, but I think yeah, everyone who's any, adopted is, a child feels like that. You just, the love, you love them so much that it, I'm in love with them. Right. You raise them from birth. Yeah, you everything. I've went to every doctor. I never understood that shit where it's like it has to be my blood or it's not my kid. You know. Oh, I don't. Like, I don't adopt. I'm like, what's wrong with? Well, that? I don't understand that at all because you fall in love with a baby. I mean, you just the way there's this look. Blood. You look at each other. There's yeah. this connection. You can't. It's like. And they like what's it called? Like bind to you. You know. Yeah, like I mean, you have a dog, you have a dog. Like, I'm I'm serious. Yeah, and it's, it's like after same, a week, it's like, oh, you're my parents. It, that's exactly you right. Know? It's that moment where like. They gotcha. know. You're, you're it's so fascinating with animals too. They know. Yeah. Wow. Um, how do you do? You ever get your friends reacting in a way of like, like if I have a friend who's going through major problems, or, or an acquaintance is even more, where I'm like, I don't know how to talk to them, and I'll just mm -hmm. like leave. Uh, you know, I won't. I just can't be around it. It's weak. You know, instead of being there for them. I've done that too. I mean, I think everyone does that with certain things. I mean, there's definitely people who couldn't handle it. And then there's people who would come see horrific stuff. So I think it just depends on the person. Yeah. Did you have friends? Most of my friends showed up and really? were really, yeah. I, mean, I think also think comics are a little more, you know, my comic friends are a little more under, like they can deal with certain shit. It's weird. They can, the comics can deal with like major emotional yeah. highs and lows and they also can just not show up at little things. They're super solipsistic. Yeah, you're right. You know, That's they're super like, true. how does this affect me? Yeah. And, but they're also like stepping up in a way of like, I couldn't expect anyone to be that, That's that, that there for me. That's very true. When is that? I don't know. I don't really understand it, but I, I, I most of the people... And my family has shown up a lot. And it's been hard to look at. What do you mean? I mean, meaning it's very hard to see a baby who's sick. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah. I, I talked to some lady once and she her kid died of SIDS. <sighs> and um and she said what what was the one of the not the weirdest, but like one thing she noticed was all these other parents, they couldn't wrap their heads around that a kid could just die. So they were like, "Well, did you have it? Did you have her on her stomach or her back? Which what's how are you supposed That's to have it?" That's very common. How are you supposed to have it on her back or on her stomach? How do you put a baby down on their back? On their back, mm -hmm. and so they wanted to think like you must have done something wrong. Yeah, it's horrible because that's the only way I can wrap around my head. Like my, my kids, okay, you must have fucked up. I know, isn't that crazy? Like, no, I put her on my back. I put her on the thing. Oh, that's so to do. horrific. Yeah, and they just can't deal with it. No, people. A lot of people can't deal with things. They really can't. They can't even hear about it. Yeah. You know, there's also this guilt when you're talking to people about How am I okay? stuff like that. You worry. The thing that is so annoying is when I have to worry about how someone else is going to feel. Like it's enough that I have to deal with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. But a lot of times, I'm telling you, a lot, I have to feel like I have to console someone else because they can't handle hearing it. It's like this is not about you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's people who can console you and be there for you and they make it nothing about it is about them. But there's a lot of people who... Oh, oh God! Yeah, it's just—it's too much for them to hear. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm—I'm mean, I'm glad your kid's doing well. 
I didn't know about it until I knew about it recently, maybe in the last two years, actually. Yeah, it's kind of thing like, where am I going to talk? I mean, I talk about it on my podcast and on other podcasts, but it's like... Have you tried it on stage? I've tried, and it's... I mean, it's very hard when it's a kid. Yeah. Very. It's different when it's... They're the most defenseless. It's the... You know, you can't even make jokes about, like, animals being hurt. Right. So... I've tried to say she was a smoker. Like, I've tried to say certain things, but it's tough. The tough people one. Are like, I'm sure they're like, I'm sure you're coping, but I, I can't. I can't hear. Yeah, that's why Tig, like, when she's done stuff about the mastectomy and her yeah. mom dying suddenly, I've been, I have been blown away by that because to make it, it is not easy. Yeah. I, and getting huge laughs and being funny. Yeah. Like, really funny about it. Because if you're like, I shit my pants, people can laugh and it's okay. Yeah. This harm is, is, is small and fleeting. It's not like, wow, I would never get over that. You're like, I know I would get over that, you know? Mm-hmm. But this is like, I might not. So what's, what's or Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's a horrible. It's very sad to say that, but I don't know. It's a tough one to make work. Have you gotten a, That's a funny line. She, wasn't a, she was a smoker. Yeah, I've tried to say things like that. And believe it or not, I do get away with talking about it's so crazy. Like sometimes I will get away with talking about how horrific it is to be there and how horrific people look, like how miserable people look. And I, I can get laughs if I go really dark. You have to go way dark. Really dark. To where it's ridiculous and they're not like. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen a baby bleeding? Like I go crazy in my yeah. head because I look at someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, that's so my own shit. Like the person just might not feel well. It's insane. Right. I, but. Uh, yeah i love those when you're like as an audience member when i'm like oh it's my favorite thing yeah yeah like i can handle this but barely and i'm pretty progressive (laughs) and i laugh at things not when someone's like being mean but when they go to a really dark place about their own shit i can real when i see something being real i I know it's a lot it's me too yeah damn well i mean i hope it it all keeps getting better me too. I, 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 I think uh, we're very lucky because we have incredible health care. I mean, it's the best time that yeah. it's ever been medically, right? Right. And, and you know what I said to someone the other day? I was like, in five years, she may have an operation through her leg. I don't even know. Like, things are progressing so much. The Star Trek thing, we just rub a wand on the outside and just heal it. <laughs> I see. You know? I'm not kidding. I don't even know if they'd, who knows if they'll have to break her chest open again. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. They I, might be able to yeah. do it through through their chest but not open her i don't know yeah yeah i mean i my, my friend joe had two i think meniscus or acl surgeries like 10 years apart and the one leg the first one he kind of limps a little and the second one is completely fine wow and it's like you know it's just advanced where it's like this ain't a big deal isn't that interesting yeah it's it makes me have hope um how much does insurance pay or not pay for it oh they pay for a lot Thank God. Yeah. I mean, what are you left with? Like, I mean, but we're like on, you know, <laughs> we're on Obamacare. So like that's been scary what, because oh, she has a pre-existing condition. You know, it's all that stuff. Um, I mean, her. Does, are does it pay for everything? When she goes about, in, are you, are you out of pocket? Uh, for some stuff, sometimes medications or certain, you know, of course, yeah, some of it. But I'm talking half a million dollars. Like, it's right. insane. Well, it's percentage insane. of what they pay for is amazing. But I'm amazing. Just, like, I never got where I'm like, I have insurance. Why am I paying five grand out of my pocket for a, 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 a surgery? That's what they do now. You know, it's like you need it. So you're going to, yeah, you have to pay like, some of it. What are you going to do, it. not be healthy? Right. 
We know we got you. Yeah. And it's child. What am I going to say? Oh, no. You know right. what? I'm not going to pay the 5000 Yeah, fuck off. It's the principal. It's like, no. Yeah. You can't be like that. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I just hate them. Oh, I hate them, too. It's insane. Hospitals yeah. are insane. Doctors hate all that shit, too. They're like, we would love to get better care. Every doctor I've talked to, they're like, these insurance companies are I mean, most garbage. therapists don't even take insurance anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I had to go to one that was like, I went to like four that took insurance. They were awful. You know, and you finally go to one without it, and you're like, "Oh, this is worth the extra money." It's I I don't pay. Yeah, I mean, I pay out of pocket because it's just a, she's so much better. You don't go to Allen? No, I won't go to a I won't go to a therapist that comics see. I know it's like you know all my shit. You know no if I'm way. lying to you, by the way. I know, you know I'm not they're telling interested. you a different story about the same exact story. Yeah, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> they all go to that guy. I know a lot, a lot of them. They say sometimes they can hear one like crying or screaming in the other room while they're waiting to go in. I've heard that. Oh, I don't want to see a comic when I go no to the therapist. Way. No way. I don't want to see them at a comedy club. I don't want to see them. At- <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, what's your podcast called? My podcast is called Relatively Sane. Relatively you would sane. love it because yeah? it's a lot about stand up, but it's also about like depression and anxiety and all different kinds of shit. And um. Some are incredibly funny and some are very real. Yeah. I mean, I had Gary Goleman on and he talked, of course, a lot about his stuff and being hospitalized. It was fascinating to me. I don't think comics have more depression and anxiety than other people. I think there's more in touch with it. And we're more in touch with observers. it and we're more honest. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about it publicly. Yeah. Right. And they're like, how come so many comics? Like, that's not comics. It's like everybody. And we're just looking at it. I know. My sister said to me last year, like, you every you know, like I told her William Stevenson died. She's like, you have so many friends that die. I'm like, no, I just know a lot of people. I know yeah. a thousand people that yeah. I work with. Right, right, right. So odds are someone's going to die every six months. Sid Burr has a list of people that have, have died since he started in the comedy oh, world. Oh, he must know, I mean, yeah. tons of people. What's it called again with your podcast? Relatively Sane. I'll put it on my website when I post this up. Um, by the way, this is for the listeners. This is serious conversation we've had, but Jessica's <coughs> um, not serious at all. Pretty much, no. always. This is just like a, a fucking. <coughs> but I am serious way. a lot too, which you are too, and I actually love comics like that because I don't, I don't like podcasts where everyone's like and screaming Morning over each Zeus. other, and it's always yeah. about being funny. I'm not. I, there's, it's not interesting to me. Yeah. So I like doing podcasts. Where it's real and it's funny, or maybe mm-hmm. sometimes it's just real. Well, you're naturally funny because you're a comic, so right. some moments you can't even help it. You mm-hmm. know, it'll just come out. But I'm, what I'm more talking about, yeah, I'm more talking about like on stage. You're not like a fucking serious person. No, That's I'm actually incredibly silly, even on Instagram. If I'm nuts, like, oh yeah, yeah I fall into things and prank people. I mean, I'm very silly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the opposite of how I'm being now. Yeah, I always feel when I get into a serious discussion on podcasts, I'm like, and by the way, guys, the stand-up part will not be like this. Right, could <laughs> you, you imagine this is the stand-up? Yeah. Oh, like hey, all- everyone, so I saw a baby die the other day. Where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, well, everyone's real excited for you. Thank you. Thank you for special. having me. I'm You're such welcome. a fan of yours. You're brilliant. You really you. are. You're the one of the toughest followers in New York. Oh, well... Um, yeah, it sucks when you're like. There's a few people when you gotta follow them, like, and there's people are talking to you, like, I gotta, I gotta concentrate. <laughs> I have I to get my head. Uh, to, I, I feel like that too fail. sometimes. What other, following other people? people? Are you kidding me? I mean, at the cellar or at the stand? Yeah, certain you're, people. You're of just course. Like, huh. Even if they're mellow, they're ripping the room apart. 
Tony Woods is the one I always have. Oh, he's, he's a so tough mellow, one. But he's to... so smooth and comfortable. So is Greer. Greer also. Greer kills. He does. That's what Michelle said. When people are complaining about like women or black people or, 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 or white men or whatever, she goes, can you follow Greer? That's what it all boils down to. Greer you either can is, follow Greer or you can't. Yeah, and he's so calm and it's just amazing. Yeah. He'll negate the way Bernie would have negated Trump, you know, with his like yeah. outsider shit. Yeah. Greer and Tony Woods negate my like conversational style with right. a better conversational style. Yeah. They, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's just like a literally fine. a com Yeah. But man, it's like you're not even, they're not even on stage. No, it's like they're, you're sitting and talking to them. Yeah. Anyway, you're also tough follow, is my point. Uh, so, the special, Talking to Myself, out December 6th, streaming on Comedy Central. I'll uh, fucking post links to it on the Thank website you. when it comes out at Ari the Great. And, um, and uh, fuck yeah, man, I'm glad I had you on. I'd love to do your Thank podcast. Thank you for having some me. Oh, I'm going to have, I love you. I would yeah. love you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool that we all have podcasts. We can just like, it's like half promotion and half just fun. Yeah, we take it into our own hands. We don't have to yeah. depend on these assholes who would have no idea what they're doing. No act breaks. No like, hey, Nothing. don't say that. And you're like, why? Yeah, exactly. Don't tell me what I can and can't say. It's why I do this. Yeah. I've been on morning radio where they be like, hey, and I'm like, oh, did I say a secret or something? Like, no, you said curse. I'm like, what? What did I say? <laughs> like, they're like, ass. I'm like, oh, ass. Oh, jeez. All oh, right. Oh, God. Hey, 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 take it easy. <laughs> Good morning. Morning radio. Come yeah, on, you're easy. like, I said it's shin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you ever try to be clean it up on the spot? I was doing morning TV of in course. San Diego, and I was like, "Like, how's New York?" And I was like, "It's good." I saw a man <laughs> masturbating on the sub. Like, hey, I'm like, "What?" That's the clean word. Like, yeah, like, the whole subject, man. You can't just—it's a whole subject. These are I housewives. Know, I can't. You know what? It's really ridiculous. Meanwhile, they're watching like face fucking on YouPorn. I kiss the exactly. whole thing. Is so what fake world? It's such are you a presenting? lie. Yeah, it's a fucking lie. You ever see that? Was it Blue Velvet? Oh, that's an amazing movie. And so it comes in the beginning. It's just like idyllic town. You come in. Mm -hmm. It's like going to the man's watering his lawn. It goes in deeper and deeper. And then it goes to the lawn, then under the lawn. And then it's all these like insects fighting. I know. I remember like, that, that movie is life. so clear to me. Yeah. And it's like, that's those, what's all here. Those scenes, those sex scenes were unfucking believable. Yeah. Do you remember that with the scissors and the felt and all that? Oh, yeah. I'll, I, I thought about that, that for years. And the breathing, the, the whole thing was intense. God, it was. It good. was like Clockwork. I was intense. Yeah, intense. Even more intense than that. When he in Clockwork Orange, when he takes that, like, he pulls her shirt off, and then like I know, and, like, I remember the, the holes whole, in the, yep. the nips, and we're like, oh, this is fucking harsh. <laughs> it was insane. I'm picturing it's that like scene. nightmarish. Yeah, they don't even show you the thing happening. Just the lead up to it is enough to where you're like, I can't really sleep. I know. Ugh. Yeah, but that's real life, man. There's that, that shit's happening all the time. There's drug acts everywhere. I know, and they keep trying to make everyone safe and and family friendly. I mean, it's just such a joke. You know that street with Nuts uh, Cellar. So if you go to Sixth and make a right, and then another immediate right, mm -hmm. there's that block from there to Washington Square Park. Oh, I know exactly. It's a serious block. About. I know where that diner is. And there, there oh was yeah, like, that diner. Like, I know. I'm passing through all these guys, and they're like, you "Want drugs, drugs?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good, thanks, guys." And um. I don't mind people selling drugs. Well, they say Coke. They say yeah. Coke now. Coke, Coke, I'm, I'm Coke. shocked they sell Coke on the street. But then they're like, girls want girls. I'm like, no. I was like, we got young girls, young Asian girls. I'm like, no, what? Wow. Just I mean, open like that? They say that to you? Young Asian girls. That's. I got to I mean, go down that street again. 
No, I'm joking. I, I had no idea because they don't say that to me. Right. But I was like, gee, no. Wow. But wow that's so brazen, too. And like, Young and like, Asian girls. And what does that mean? Also, is that 18 year old? Like, what? Just pimping. Oh, God. What people? does that mean is right? I mean, how young? Yeah, how young and also how open about like. And what do you mean I got young Asian? Yeah, yeah. Who are you? Who are you and where are they? You sell Coke and chicks? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but that's, by the way, that's right next to people going to the Blue Note. Like, I know. That's so interesting. That's a stone throw away. All dressed up to go. Yeah. Yeah. So when they tell you on morning radio TV, it's like, hey, we don't talk about that. It's like, fuck off. That don't have me in. Yeah, I try to in. do those things as I just can't deal with it anymore. I, I just can't deal with being silenced and being told what I can and can't say. Yeah. I'm done. And especially now that we all these podcasts, it's like, well, don't, that's not the only, they're not the only way to get anything out. They so don't I, even, so you don't, you don't even get people from doing those and from doing yeah. these, you fill the room. Yeah. I remember somebody, I think I was working with Segura once. He was letting me open for him in uh, in uh, Indianapolis. I love him. Yeah, he was great. He was like, it's a break-even week, man. I've already gotten in, but like, you can come feature. She'll see you. She'll head you on next time. Mm-hmm. And he had to do Bob and Tom, which was like the worst one, uh, unless you're like a musical comic. And and he goes, does it, I think it was him. He goes, did anybody, is anybody here from Bob and I've Tom? I've done that. Yeah, and it was like, no. And he's like, why did I wake up? No one's here for it. I've asked, is anyone here for things? And it's hardly ever. There'll be Your one person. Like, yeah. I, I, anyway, I, I, I won it. a ticket because I was the uh, the third caller. Oh, great. So we're free. Right. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's such a great time now, especially in comparison. Like the people who start comedy now don't know that that was the path. Oh, for morning radio and TV. It still is for a lot of people. At least the clubs now are realizing like that ain't going to do anything for us either. Yeah, a lot of times I don't get booked for press anymore. They don't, they don't bother. Yeah. Who's listening to the car? Listen yeah. to podcasts in their car. Yep. Or serious. Mm-hmm. From New York or LA, you know, it's not like, oh, it's, it's such a good time. I know. That's why I wish Stern, instead of coming out against podcasts, would have just gone the opposite. I'm like, man, I wish this, this free form place would have been there when I was having my problems with the FCC. What an awesome place. Yeah, we, I don't know why been. he can't. I don't get that. He's just an argumentative Jew. I think that's what it is. Yeah. But but like if I think if he stepped back and really thought about it, he'd be like, yeah, that would have been awesome. If right. I take he my should whole be... listenership to 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 my own thing. Get all my ad money. Right. You know. I mean, look at Rogan. Like I know. Yeah. Anyway, it's a good time. So I'll do yeah. your podcast. I'd love <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jessica. Thank I appreciate you. It. Congratulations on the special. Thank you it's so fucking much. Rad. Have you ever you. had one before? No. Never had any no. special. That's the whole point. Wow. Yeah. That I mean, it's just mind blowing. I know. I really feel like that too. Not just like it's been a while. No. It's insane. I, I, and it's for Comedy Central, which wouldn't be like I would not be their first choice. Realistically, they love right. me, but I've, like statistically, I would not be their first choice. Yeah, they want a younger type of. Of course. Yeah, I dealt with that a lot with them. Where they were like, "Well, I sit in the target market." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Make your target market book hilarious." I have and then ex- they'll start. Coming I have to you. the same. First of all, that's not even true because most of the people who follow me are guys. Isn't that funny? Straight really? men. Yep. Because you do hardcore comedy. Yeah, like twenty five to or yeah. If you're to in it, yeah. Slang with jokes and like that's what I'm into. I don't care. Who's and I also it. think like a man and talk like a man a lot, so they yeah. relate to me. I'm not. I don't talk Much about women like things. Man. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't talk about female oh, yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point too. 
So they, can so they call to me that. dude a lot. Like I'm in that whole world. I did Tom and Christina's uh, podcast, and it was—I've never had a response like that. Why? Because you're just—I got and, like, thousands of followers because they saw me as just this guy on the show. Like, yeah, I was just being real. Yeah. So huh? when Comedy Central says that or these other, that's not true. It's not. Yeah, they would have trouble. Like they'd be like, "Oh, I don't know." Like certain people, and then I'm course. like, "I'm like, but look at this YouTube now. We made this YouTube, and he's at way more hits than some celebrity." So like. Can can you now change your mind? I think some of them are starting to change their minds. I yeah. do. Ryan it Moran's seems good. like it. He's, yeah, he knows about like I what's good. I, I think they're really doing well and cha- you know starting to do other things and open up. It's good. Yeah. Anyway, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you again. Yeah. December sixth, everybody, and then right at, starting then it'll be streaming then too. Yes. Okay. On ComedyCentral.com. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you. Jessica All right. Talk to you later. I was cut it. Hospital food. Want some hospital food? Hospital food. Delicious hospital food. Okay, that's the episode, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I know Bandit did. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Um, okay, look how fucking cute this guy is. This is what I gotta deal with all the time. This is my new life now. You guys, for Thanksgiving, let's be thankful for something. I mean, you call, that's that Sam Adams thing, it's toast, right? But also, it's just like, it's just showing gratitude. And I, what are you doing? You looking your puss? Did you just look like your pussy? You just box munch? Um, and you gotta show gratitude once in a while for things that are fucking good in your life. And that is how you do things. I'm gonna see how long I can te- consecutively I can fucking kiss this dog. Um, anyway, so. Yeah. And. Okay, so that's the episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to watch Jessica Kirsten's special on ComedyCentral.com. I'm telling you, man, she's great. You should do it. Ooh, hello, treat. Um, you should for sure do it. So, hey, sit. Hey, Bennett, sit. Can you sit? Can you sit? And no treat. No treat if you don't sit. Can you sit? Sit? Nah, I can't get over her head. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, just added. Just add, Oh, let me see. Sit. Okay. Well, see, that's just fucking wonderful. How are you going to have trouble in your life when that happens? I mean, dude, I've never had one before. Just when you come through the door and they're like, I oh, think fucking nuts. It's just the best feeling. I know what it's like to have a child now. Probably more so because people with children, you're like on a lower level. So listen, that's the episode. But this just in, I finally got two dates while I was doing the intro. I got an email from my agent. Two dates, January 10th in New Orleans, Louisiana. And January 11th in Atlanta, Georgia. New Orleans at the Fillmore. 
Um, January 10th, sellable capacity, 904. Okay, this is all, see what I'm trying to do here is, if you're a comedian listening to this, I am doing a theater special, right? And so one of the things they never really did well for like the old half hours they did on Comedy Central, you're taking these guys and, and it's like the biggest fucking show they've ever performed in was what, like, um, you know, 80 seats, shit like that for the old half hours. And then they put them in a fucking 1200 seat room and it's a different cadence. So I try to go into these specials with intention. So for January, I'm trying very hard, Spokane is a club, um, to get the cadence down of a theater. It's a different cadence. It's slower, it's more presentational. I think this special, Ari Shapiro Jew, taking February 7th and 8th in New York. Tickets are arethegreat.com. Uh, it's more of a theater type special. It's more of a presentational type special, less conversational. It's still conversational style, that's how I, that's who I am. But, um, but, um, listen to this noise. Um, but, um, anyway, so I'm trying to get ready. So, New Orleans at the Fillmore and, uh, Atlanta at the Buckhead Theater, January 11th. Tickets, okay, they said tickets are available. They said, okay, we're having them going on sale next week. Pre-sale Wednesday, on sale Friday. That means, fuck, that's late. It's already a month out. It's already a month out. I gotta sell these tickets. That means the, the 11th for a pre-sale and the 13th for on sale. So check back at AriTheGreat.com. Um, hopefully I can, they can give me a tip, ticket link so I can get it on there before I go to South America. Fuck. Um, anyway. Damn, one, two, three. That's four weeks out. All right. So hurry up and get tickets. If you live in those towns, tell your friends. That means I still got Charlotte, still got probably Pittsburgh, maybe Alabama, maybe um, oh, Portland, Maine still supposed to be coming. Um, Minneapolis still has to come. For sure Minneapolis has to come. Portland, Maine, I think, is getting done. And, and I don't know what else. Charlotte, Pittsburgh, all right. Um, and then Hawaii should be done. Should be on sale. When's Hawaii going to sale? Anyway, the point is, that's ready. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, Jessica Kirsten. I keep trying to call her Jessica Michelle. Um... Yeah, check out her special. It's going to be fucking great. It's, I think it's going to like, certain specials can launch certain people more than others. I think Adrian is going to do real well. Apolucci, uh, the dark queen. He's going to do real well with his degenerates because I think it's going to level her up. The other guys, Norton, Robert Kelly, it'll just re reinforce what people already think about them, which is just a really funny comics. But with Adrian, it's going to level her up. It's going to make people realize like, oh, she's legit. So that's, that's uh, New Year's Eve. It's coming out on Netflix, so make sure to make sure to watch that. But um, anyway, that's it, you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, hopefully a Dan Soder podcast next week. But if not, I will see you probably the last week of, of um, well, I'm going to do Rogan's. We're doing a wrap-up, a Sober October wrap-up on the 23rd. I'm flying in from Columbia straight to... Rogan's podcast. I'm landing and then driving straight to Rogan's podcast to meet um, the Argentinian and the Floridian and the whatever the fuck Rogan is. Made in a lab, I think. Um, for a sober October wrap-up. It, it might be weird. It might get weird. I don't know. 
Uh, they've already told me that if we're drinking, I cannot be in charge of the alcohol. I'm not allowed to be around it alone, and I'm not allowed to pour any of the drinks. Which is, I think that's fair. I really do. It's not that you can't be like, no, why? Like, I know why. So, okay, they'll be mixing the drinks, and I'll be in there um, drinking, and then and then uh, that's the next time you'll see me. January, no, December 23rd on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast uh, on the internet. Um, and then I'll have my own, probably a Hanukkah story or a, um, a solo pot or I can't find a Belina. Well, we'll see. We'll see what I'll do. But that'll probably be the next time. The last week of December will be the next Skeptic Tank. I might do a um, uh, resolutions or, or slash goals. That same thing, right? Um, podcast episode. I like that last year. So we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, until then, this is for Jessica Kirsten. This is Ari. Sh no, for Jessica Kirsten, this is Ari Shapir's Skeptic Tank. Jessica Kirsten, I'm Ari Shapir saying so long for Skeptic Tank 375, Kid with a Cow Heart. I'm Ari Shapir. How do I never get these right? For, okay, that's been episode 375, Kid with a Cow that's been episode, that's been Ari Shapiro Skeptic Tank, episode 375, Kid with a Cow Heart. For Jessica Kirsten, I'm Ari Shapiro saying so long. At first I was afraid, I was petrified. I kept thinking I could never live without you by my side But then I spent so many nights just thinking how you'd done me wrong I grew strong I learned how to get along And so you're back from outer space I just walked in to find you here without that look upon your face I should have changed my fucking lock I would have made you leave your key if I'd have known For just one second you'd be back to bother me Oh, now go walk out the door Just turn around Now you're not welcome anymore Weren't you the one who tried to break me with desire? Did you think I'd crumble? Did you think I'd lay down and die? Oh, not I. I will survive. Yeah, as long as I know how to love, I know I'll be alive. I've got all my life to live. I've got all my love to give. I will survive. I will survive. Of my broken heart And I've 
spent oh so many nights just feeling sorry for myself. I used to cry, but now I hold my head up high and you see me with somebody new. I'm not that stupid little person still in love with you, and so you thought you'd just drop by and you expect me to be free, but now I'm saving. All my loving for someone who's loving me. Oh, now go walk out the door. Just turn around. Now you're not welcome anymore. Weren't you the one who tried to break me with desire? Did you think I'd crumble? Did you think I'd lay down and die? Oh, now I, I will survive. Yeah, as long. To live, I've got all my love to give. I will survive. I will survive. Yeah, subscribe to this i haven't gotten a good uh ooh, my homestay just wrote me back hola ari nosotros estamos felices de oh jesus christ <laughs> i got a lot to learn hola ari nosotros estamos felices de recibirte en nuestra casa hello ari nosotros estamos felices Okay, we'll see what I come back with Spanish-wise. Can you guys subscribe to this channel? I, I'm going to put up more and more, and i got to name it something, obviously, the channel. It's, it doesn't have a name right now, I guess. But um, but I'm going to put more and more video podcasts. If you like listening on YouTube, just this will remind you that stuff is coming. So as I put more, and I'm going to put clips up as well, um, that'll be something that's coming in the new year. So if you could subscribe, um... I guess that would help you get notified when I put out new podcasts, which is a lot. Not as much as some people, but still a lot. So hit the subscribe button. If you want to support me and help pay for that new studio, uh, go to patreon.com slash skeptic tank. But mostly subscribe to this because you're here now. So, you know, um, yeah, thank you. All right. For Ari Schwitz.
That was Ari Shaver's Skeptic Tank, episode 375, Kid with a Cow Heart. For Jessica Curson, I'm Ari Shaver saying so long. Merry, if I don't see you, Merry Christmas, everybody, and Happy Hanukkah.